I got love for you, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. And welcome to My Guy Mondays. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards. My apologies for not posting podcasts recently. I've been on the road shooting some segments, uh, some Olympic stuff some basketball stuff. I've been working, but always thinking about you, the loyal fans of Cabby Presents. So the way the My Guy Monday podcast works is simple. Three of my friends come in, and we'll talk about sports and stuff. A big part of the conversation today is about Super Bowl Forty-Eight, And we also reflect on the career of Philip Seymour Hoffman and his untimely passing on Sunday, which is unfortunate, obviously. But before we get to that, we got some football to get to. It's his favorite day of the week, and these are his dudes. Time now for My Guy Mondays. My Guy Mondays begins. Back in the chair is my good friend Gurdeep Alawalia from TSN. Welcome back, sir, to the My Guy Monday podcast. Thank you for having me. Good to be back, Caps. Before we get into the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 48, where the Denver Broncos were trounced by the Seattle Super... <laughs> Super... <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Uh, how old does Brett Favre look? Did you see this picture? Did you see this interview with Brett Favre? No, I haven't seen it. I got to show you this so, this thing of Brett Favre because... So no more comebacks then. Brett, he's, he's done. No, he's, he's, he's done. And like Brett Favre just as... A young-ish looking dude is done because he did this oh interview. Oh No, no, no. Wait, hold on. No, no. It, it's it's even worse. It's even worse. Um, where are we here? What has he been doing for the last? Hold on. Couple of years. Guy, he he's been building bombs in his friggin'. I shouldn't say that, but Brett Favre feels like the way Jeez. he looks is it looks like he's been off the grid for about three years. Like this dude. Um, I, and I was at the Super Bowl party yesterday uh, at Kevin Weeks' house, and uh, and shout out to Kevin Weeks. He's a great host. Always does a great Super Bowl party. Uh, let me ask you, what does Weeks he put out for his spread? He had okay, some pizza, wings. Uh, there were some chips. There were some peanuts. Uh, there was the um, the snack mix. What's that? It's not that snack mix. What's that called? Like the like the one you get from Costco, like the mix with like the Cheetos and the pretzels. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, so there was okay, that, yeah. and then at like at halftime there was like a, a redistribution of food. It's like oh, another. Nice. So nice. they went with patties, and there was another snack, and then there was dessert at about the forty-eight. Sorry, the forty-three-eight mark of, okay. uh, of yeah. this party. But there wasn't like chili. There wasn't like a signature thing. Uh, what was? Where did you watch the game? As I find this Brett Favre. Uh, interview for you yeah one of my good buddies he's a he's a sports blogger Lou Pisano good man watched <laughs> uh, watched it up at his place and it was a very big gambling crowd 
Uh, I like you got there. Uh, I got there a few minutes in, and oh wow, that's Farvey, eh? That's what he looks like. Can we full screen that? I just want to take a look at that. Holy smoke! Wow. Yeah, like it looks like it looks like Brett Favre. It's like a mountain man. Yeah. He's like Dexter Morgan in the last episode of Dexter, where he just goes off and becomes a lumberjack. Yeah. And lives on his own. Yeah. So that's so. What what age does this man look to you? You know, his his skin actually still looks pretty good underneath that crazy beard. So, gosh, I mean, he he looks he looks fifty. I'd say there. I, I, honestly, I think he looks about 67 years old. Really? Yeah, 67, just by his face. If you guys aren't listening to this, go on YouTube and just punch up former NFL quarterback Brett Favre, and he did an interview on the NFL Network with uh, Steve Mariucci, and the dude looks like he was born, like he, he like he may have, he was alive when JFK was assassinated. Or just, like just, he was like 10. Just Google Brett Favre is old. Yeah. See, I thought the image was more damning. The image we saw was like, it was rough. <laughs> it was like a, just a bad screen grab of him. He looked, he looked rough there. So your friend Lou Pisano? Yeah, he's a, it's a big gambling crowd. It's so like got there. They had all these prop bets going on. They had really? The walls did, they have like, did they have like the, the grid? Wall, they had the grid. They had the, the, grid, grid, yeah. the box grid. They had the walls covered in sticky notes with all the bets what? they had placed. I mean, I'm not a huge gambler, so I'd, I'd ask him, what time do I get to the game? Uh, what time do you want me to come over? And he goes, oh, you know, we want to get there before all the lines move. Why don't you come around noon? Before the lines move? Yeah, I was like, noon? I'm like, the game's at 6.30. So I'm what like, are you talking like, about? I'm coming over 6.15. I'll be there. I'll bring, a fr- <laughs> I'll bring a fruit platter. We'll call it a day. I'm not that much of a gambler. So I, I bet like five bucks and I lost. So that, was, that was pretty much five, it. Five, dude, in a room full of gamblers, all you, you didn't get sucked into their world? Well, I was lucky that I showed up like five minutes into the first quarter, so I wasn't eligible for all the prop bets. Oh, like, oh, like, like, will Bruno Mars be wearing a hat? Will the first play be a running play? Or a, or a throwing play, which it was neither. It was a, a, safe, a safety, we'll which say, was yeah, crazy. But, but, play, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, but um, so wait, just, what did you bet your five bucks? So on? it was like, this crazy grid game they had where they they made a like a Bristol board. Like yeah, but wait, but it, once the game starts, how can you get into the grid? Because there were still empty boxes. So basically, oh. the grid was calculated after the end of each quarter. They took the score after the end of each quarter, and then they they did the coordinates. And if you could fill, it's completely random. It, there was no skill involved. Yeah. In that so one, if, so for people at home who've never done this grid, it's a it's a usually a piece of Bristol board, and the numbers 0 through 9 are along the top and 0 through 9 are along the side, usually in a jumbled up, not in a jumbled up pattern, yep. and then people pick a box, so the, the last digit uh, for the home team and the visiting team is where it coordinates on the grid, so it'd say, uh, you know, the end of the first quarter, was it was it 8 nothing? 8 nothing after the first quarter, so, so it was a 0 had, from if you, Denver. If you had the box, you know, the 8 column and row 0, then you won yeah, the the pot for that grid. You explained that much better over radio than my buddy Lou did in person. I, he had to explain it to me three times. I think he was already <laughs> a couple of pops in. I was like, dude, I'm just putting my name in a few boxes. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. Just let me know if I won 20 bucks. That's all I care about. <laughs> the one at Weeks' place was legit. Like they had end of the quarter 250, end of the half five. Oh wow! End of the third quarter 250, end of the game. A Those G. Are, how much did you throw in? I think it's I think it was 20 or 40 bucks. I got there late. I got there. I read about the safety on Twitter oh, okay. before I, okay. I was on my way to his place with my friend RT, and uh, so I missed so I missed out getting in on on the grid. But Weeks did win. I think he won the third quarter, but I don't know who won the the end of the game because I, I bounced before the end of the game. The funny home. thing was is my buddy Lou actually won the first two quarters. Then the so whole whole room is just like fixed. Yeah, fix. totally. No one totally. understood his game. He's winning all the quarters. We're like, what is going on here, man? Yeah. So, uh, so the actual game, like, uh, um, how did you? You know, as a as a dude that watches football and loves football as I do as well, um, who are you rooting for first of all, and then how did you experience the defensive domination of the Seattle Seahawks over the Denver Broncos? 
You know, I, I was rooting for Denver. I think I was probably the only one in the room at that party. Really? The people who was cheering for Denver. See, yeah, was, I just, it was the reverse where I was. Oh, really? Was yeah, I was only a couple of us rooting for Seattle. Dude, I should have been at your place. Yeah, no, everyone had like the Sean Alexander jerseys. Everyone was, a, it was, it was crazy. Sean it was a room, full of, it was a room wow. full of Seahawks fans. It was nuts. Uh, I think there were a couple of Vancouverites at the party as well, which oh, okay. probably explains that. But uh, no, I was cheering for Denver. I mean, I don't, with most sports, if I don't have a, a team that I'm, I'm super passionate about, and the NFL is one of those ones where, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Bills fan or a Browns fan like a lot of Toronto Toronto people are. So I cheer for players, and I like Peyton. I was cheering for Peyton. I wanted to see him put to bed all this talk about, I just hate this talk about, oh, it's his legacy, and now he's not you know, considered a great quarterback. It's just it's silly to me. He's obviously a great quarterback. Yeah, he's only got one championship, and that's unfortunate. And this would have put it to bed. Or, or was hoping maybe he'd pull an Elway and, and, and rock out with two championships before he goes off into the sunset. But that's obviously not going to happen. I'm just hoping he can come back next year. And I'm sure he will. Yeah. That- but, but I mean, from the opening play, from the opening play from that safety, it's like nothing went like could there have been a worse way for this game to play out like from the first play to the last they just could not get their s together yeah the entire game it was it was um surprising like at one point i was like is this like this is this really the game like is yeah. this really happening yeah. but seattle was just all over uh over I, like the line of scrimmage is like obviously where the battle is is fought and won, and Seattle just dominated on both sides of the line of scrimmage. It was um, it was so impressive. And and you know, as a fan of just competition in general, not even having an, an interest in Peyton and the Broncos, I was just hoping, and even the Seahawks fans in the room were hoping that Denver would at least come back a little bit and make to it make, more exciting to make the last half interesting. Yeah, I had read that uh, one of the bars in Seattle where they had the game on, the game was so one sided that. Even one of the bars in Seattle, one of the popular pubs where everyone was watching the game, switched one of their three main screens behind the bar over to the Puppy Bowl in the, in the second half because because it was like it was it was over and everybody knew it. It was waiting <laughs> to celebrate. What is the puppy? You know, my girl went to what? Like she's in New York and she went to a pu- one of these puppy <laughs> events. It's like it was the best ever. You know, girls this they they love puppies. Obviously, they like they melt and and she's like it's one of the best events I went to in a long time. I was like, what do you mean? Like I just saw, she sent me some pictures on her camera. It's just pictures of these dogs walking around, and she sent me this one of a dog that looked like it was taking a do- dropping a deuce at like I think I commented on Instagram, dropped a deuce on like the <laughs> thirty-five yard no, line. Is that like, considered a fumble in the puppy <laughs> bowl? Like what is that? <laughs> a, de- a flag definitely should have been thrown. That's, that's a, certainly an infraction. Oh man! But what is, I don't even I don't even know like the puppy bowl. And remember when they used to have like the lingerie, the lingerie, like yeah. the lingerie bowl, like girls in like I don't want to see girls in like bras and. You bikinis d- tackling each other? You don't? No. I want to see them on stage dancing. You, feel, you feeling all right, Cabs? What's going on? <laughs> I, I don't, don't want. I don't want to see women. You never like, enjoy like the female, viol- like the female wrestling, because I think if you like the female wrestling, no, you probably would I can't, enjoy. No, I'm no? not. I'm not down with that. No, okay. no, no. The the female form is like, so beautiful. It's you don't like, want it to be. You don't. Want it to, you want to see them like a. I don't want to see a like, break. A, like a full Nelson, or you want. No. Okay. No, I wanted to see okay. it be beautiful and angelic. Okay. What if? But what if you were a referee? Ah well, then it then it'd be okay. Yeah, but then it's like it's like no, because then you're closer to the action. I don't want to see a girl like get an elbow to the nose and break her nose. Okay, fair enough. And it's bleeding and like oh, I hope I don't sound chauvinistic. It's just my preference. I just want to. I don't want not to say the girls can't do that stuff. I just don't. You just would rather not watch if that's what they were Correct, doing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it was a popular segment on Jimmy Fallon. He had the puppies on leading up to oh, the Super Bowl. So and he good. always has yep. those puppies on. The, the puppy predictor. The puppy we're, predictor. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, great. that's that's the cutest thing yes. ever. It's just awesome. Yeah. yeah and girls and I just, think they predicted the Broncos this week, so that the puppies got it wrong. Um, did you? Uh, were there any women at your Super Bowl party? 
Yeah, there were a few girlfriends there, but oh, it was okay. it was largely male dominated. I think it was probably. I think most Super Bowl parties are male dominated. Yeah, I was, was I was at Kevin's Kevin Weeks's place, and we were, we were in the basement, and there were like fifty dudes in the basement. Uh, and shout out to Sid, um, Sixero, who was like he had just great one liners, and he actually he said the thing about Brett Favre looking like the Unabomber. I <laughs> <laughs> died. Sid's all about the one liners. He is. He's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, there were like fifty dudes in the basement, all like the couch space and the pool table. Like dudes were sitting on the pool. There's nowhere to sit. Dude, yeah. It was like standing room only, and he's got a huge basement. And upstairs there were like a, a, literally two women. So Kevin's wife and his sister were the only women in this house of like fifty dudes. And were they were they into it? No, they, they were the upstairs. They, they were upstairs. Oh, they were upstairs. Yeah. They were, okay. It's like where the adults were. Like, okay, you know, like the kids enough. in the basement. Kids room, the, yeah, yeah okay. and the adults are right, upstairs okay. having like adult conversations. That's what it was like at Kevin's place. Yeah, no, I, I asked uh, a girlfriend of mine to come come to the Super Bowl party because we were hanging out yesterday afternoon anyway. So I was like, hey, I'm going to the Super Bowl party. Why don't you come? And she was like, yeah. She's like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, no, it'll be fun. Smart you know, move, I'll, smart I'll move. Fu- you know, I said, I'll explain smart some of the rules to you. As you, you know, it'll be fun. She's like, you know, you know what? I just, it's not my thing. She most, or not most, but I, I, a significant uh, portion of the population is just interested in the halftime show. Yeah, precisely. And, and Which was I went to a, a Super Bowl party last year with, and it was a mixed group. It was like all the dudes and the girls uh, at my boy's place. And like the girls like audibly, oh, met many times, yeah. oh, I just want to... What time Wait is Beyonce, Beyonce coming? coming yeah. What time is Beyonce coming on? I just want to see Beyonce. Okay, six minutes till Beyonce, and then Beyonce murdered the performance. It was unbelievable. It, like <laughs> just torched the, the stage. It was one of the greatest performances ever, I think. Like Beyonce was unbelievable. And then, and just by looking at chatter on Twitter, and then uh, and then the book of faces, like women are so into. They were so into Bruno Mars. Dude, like Bruno that Mars guy got rave it. reviews. Bruno Mars killed it last He's night. He's so talented, I've, man. That was the first time I had seen him perform live. But I, I had a couple buddies. Uh, at my previous job at CP24 who went to his show at the amphitheater and these guys are like heavy music critics These guys are like rock and roll dudes and they went to the show and they said he killed it They oh, said this really? guy is one of the best entertainers they've seen live and I, I'm always always cautious when people start making comparisons to the one and only MJ right. but, but some critics are actually saying this guy is like a young MJ and that's mind-blowing and you saw maybe maybe some shades of that yesterday, but the, the guy's got crazy talent. Yeah, there there have been some of his songs which are you you can see the influence of Michael Jackson. I mean, it's it's impossible not to be influenced by Michael Jackson if you're yeah. of a certain age. I just hate when that goes for Justin Timberlake, to... that goes for Chris Brown, that goes for Usher, that goes for Bruno Mars. Like it's just impossible. Like MJ yeah. was, he's iconic and he's a legend. Um, how? Uh, and I don't know if you can give a quantitative amount, but if you were to, uh, if after the game. Uh, NFL officials drew blood from Anthony Kiedis and Flea <laughs> of the Red Hot Chili Pe- Peppers, both guys who were shirtless yeah, on just... stage in February in New York City, okay? Yeah. And it was minus whatever at halftime where it's, it, the, the sun's down. It's not warm at all, okay? So if you were to draw blood from their arms... And then and then analyze <laughs> on a on a metabolic level and on a molecular level. What are you suggesting, Caps? I'm just wondering <laughs> what was in their blood other than hemoglobin. That's, uh, that's I'm just in your best estimation, Gurdip. Probably a little bit of Chuck Norris. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but you know, when we're talking about Favre, who has not aged well, Anthony Kiedis, for all the drugs and stuff and the sex that he's drugs done, and rock and roll lifestyle he's yeah, lived, for all the blood sugar, sex, and magic that that guy has ingested. 
he looks pretty good. He he's does in look good really shape. Good. I mean, Flea is a different story. Flea looks kind of pretty rough. Yeah, Flea was, looks mangled. And I was Flea just looks glad, like he fell off a truck. I was just glad Flea was covered from the waist down. You know, we put out that tweet <laughs> earlier that he'd since deleted before the Super Bowl. And no, well, what was it? It, it, it? I'm paraphrasing here, but he put out a tweet that said, hey, who wants to see my mm at the, at the halftime show? And I think he was going to take like an informal Twitter Pull to see if come on yeah if he was gonna I mean it was like it'd be like Jack Janet Jackson Nipplegate all over yeah, again yeah but that was like but this is an intentional exactly well, and then the, the Janet thing was probably intentional but it was only like a boob and she had the boob covered up with like that little like that ninja the, star or whatever yeah. it was <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was right what was that thing I don't know some kind of weird looking sun yeah shape. it was yeah. it was strange but uh, anyways that tweet, was, tweet was deleted so I'm guessing some of the Super Bowl organizers or his people probably got to him and yeah I've seen I've met Anthony Kiedis once at a UFC event the very first one I went to. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, Rampage Jackson versus Forrest, Forrest Griffin, and he was very nice. I interviewed him, and uh, I mean, he looked like he, you know, he like a rock star, like an aging rock star. But he didn't look bad. But he just, but he on stage last night, he did. Yeah, considering he did look, he did look uh, like he's held together. You know, we were saying um, or held together nicely. We were saying that if you could, if you could draft, if there was a, a league for like the greatest playboys in the history of entertainment, like dudes are just like the greatest. Um, I guess playboys are um, uh, you killers. Gotta, you gotta be, wolves. Okay, okay, okay. Wolves. All right. The man who slept with the most women. Okay, okay. I, 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 I knew you were going with that. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for, for the uh, greatest wolves in yeah. the the wolves of of Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset Boulevard or however you want to say it. Where would uh, Anthony Kiedis be on your draft board? And this is is this strictly music or is this like acting, entertainment, 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 entertainment. sports, anything? Yeah. Jeez, Kiedis. So like, yeah, like. Because so I mean, if, you, if you're looking, say, and then and then you draft eligible are guys that had careers in the. We can't go all time because all time it's too it's too encompassing it's just too much. There's got to be like an '80s. You have to break it down because that, that, that team's, that by, team's by way decade. too huge. Yeah. And imagine that all-time team though. If you had to boil it down to oh, one all-time oh, team, that'd be, in, that'd be Chamberlain, insane. Dude, we, like we we could obsess over this for like this would take weeks to put this together properly. I, like in a democracy, I don't, there's got to be like I don't know if it's a Tommy Lee, but one of those or like a couple of those '80s hairband like yeah. guys that just running I, through continental United States. T- Tommy Lee has to be on, I think, just for the the uniqueness he brings to the team. Because I don't know if anyone else brings what Tommy brings <laughs> to the team. You know, it's crazy. All those celebrity roasts and stuff where people get carved. Tommy Lee, all the jokes are just about how well it's, he doesn't even get carved. It's a, yeah, he just, it's just like, hey, you you are blessed with, a, yeah, with you're Thor's massive. hammer. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, so like, good on you. Yeah, uh, but no, Kiedis, I think that's the thing. Like, he's not like a typical. You look at Kiedis and you're like, oh, he's not like an especially good looking dude. But there's just something about him. He's got the Kavorka. The girls just love him. The because Kavorka. Of the Kavorka. What's the Kavorka? The Kavorka. Uh, it was a Seinfeld reference. The Kramer has the Kavorka, the lure of the animal. Oh. There's just something about you. You can't really put it in. You know, everyone's got like a buddy in a group where every time you go out to the bar, no matter what, he's not like the best looking dude in the group. Man, he's he got be the most charming. Got... Yeah, but it's just something about him. He, the girls just gravitate to him. They find something about him. He always leaves with a few numbers. You know, it's just... Pe- people. People have just heard me it's like, it's like the Kavorka like the Kavorka is probably a super famous term I just never watched Seinfeld and you weren't even, a Seinfeld guy that surprises me the, when I saw the Seinfeld insert during the Super Bowl that was probably the most I've ever seen of a Seinfeld speaking episode. of dudes who've aged yeah those guys what, Jason but, Alexander and, Jason, and <laughs> yeah. yeah he looked they uh, got really old but you know who didn't age is uh, Newman? W- yeah Wayne Knight Newman he, yeah he Newman he still looks the same he looks the damn same it's crazy from what I remember of Seinfeld which yeah, I didn't which watch you didn't watch show. much but yeah I'm glad they didn't include Michael Richards in there because he's <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <clears throat> and Elaine is off winning Golden Globes and Emmys. Yeah, and yeah, stuff she like still that. looks good. She's doing well for Shout herself. Shout out to Veep. Yeah. Um. So I don't even remember where. Okay. Uh, Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Where would he? Lottery pick for me. He's 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 a lottery pick. Like Lenny Kravitz. If we're going yeah, 90s, because I, I think Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think that would be there. early 91, 92 is when they sort of emerged like on the pop. When they were at the top of their Sex Panther was, was probably in the 90s, right? If yeah. you're going to look at it like that. I'd say they wouldn't be a slam dunk to be on the team, but they would definitely be in the conversation. They'd be on your, on my, they'd be on my list somewhere where if, no, if they're still available. No, but just one guy, not the whole group. You got to just like one dude. Oh, you, you're saying one? Oh, no, I don't think he'd be the guy. If I'm picking one guy from, like, the, the 90s, I don't think he's the guy. Yeah. I'd say that's my dark horse. Like, but, yeah. I would, like, I, if there are, say, there are 10 guys in the pool. I like, thought I was drafting, like, a starting lineup. But he, he might be in the starting lineup, but he's not going to, I don't think he's going to be my, my guy. Okay. He's not, okay. No, he's your guy? He's not your, um, like, Lenny Kravitz is definitely, yeah, Kravitz he's, is a he's a lottery pick. Uh, if we're just looking at strictly 90s, um... I gotta think Brad Pitt. Bef- yeah, he's before, but Tom Cruise is probably still in there. No, I don't think no? Tom Cruise is a killer. No, no, like you gotta, you gotta go seedier than Tom Cruise. Like you gotta go like a, like a Christian Slater, like someone okay. who's oh, famous, okay. but okay. not like super famous, where like the fame gets in the way, but right. like recognizable and like. And, and Christian Slater's not like he's like a he's like if it's a deep draft then you it's can a, get him okay. you can get him in like the thirteenth or fourteenth round. Very bad things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, you know that like DiCaprio is probably see he's yeah he's awesome because he's just he stays so out of the limelight right so he's yeah. just yeah he's just fantastic he's not in your face at all. DiCaprio, I mean, and all then, he does is date supermodels. Right, and then like and then I got to put Jeter in there because Jeter just owned yep. his own New York City his entire. Yep. Yep. Life. And oh. Although he came to prominence in the mid '90s, he could still make up for it. Oh, absolutely! And you got to throw Clooney in there as well because he's another guy who's just—he's a life bachelor. Yeah, yeah. Well, right? He's—he's he's one of the gods. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the gods. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, the legacy of of Peyton Manning. Um, where does he? Where does his legacy stand for you? I can't say it's not affected by. Uh, I can't say it's not affected by what happened uh, in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it is. It's just the, the thing that bothers me now is that now there's that. There's that question mark. No, no one disputes or debates what Peyton has done in the regular season, punctuated by what he did this year. You can't argue with the numbers, but I think what him not not winning on Sunday did was now those questions continue. And for all the Peyton detractors, they now have a very valid reason to not include him with with Joe Montana and some of those other guys. Tom so, Brady, John yeah, Elway. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, I think had he won last night, then there'd, there'd be it would be a black and white issue. You'd know, you know, you can't really you can't really knock him, but. Unfortunately, now he's going to have to try and come back next year with doctor approval and try and get it done one more time. See, I, I'm saying it's, his legacy is tainted. It's not not tainted, but his legacy. I mean, he, he just he is like they scored eight points. Yeah, I know the, yes. the greatest it's, offense in the history of the NFL. They scored eight points. Like I don't even. I'm not even sure if if it's Tom Brady at the helm and he has the exact same team. If the result would be any different because Seattle was that dominating, but. Like I I I ride with Tom Brady. Like I'm a Tom Brady guy. You know, there's there there are different factions for, you know. So like in a one, in a one game, you take Tom over Peyton. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Okay. See, I don't know. That's, that's and and I know, that's, I know that's crazy because statistically, Peyton crazy. Manning is is a greater. He's had he has more accolades and awards and uh-huh. uh, that sort of thing in in records than than Tom Brady, but. And it, it's funny because, you know, like, the, the quarterback gets more of the glory if they win, but then he also wears it more because everyone's talking about Peyton today. But, man, that whole Denver team was awful. 
Yeah, they were. Their they defense were bad. was no good. Their special teams was awful. Yeah. Orlando Franklin couldn't buy Peyton more than two seconds Dude, to, to make he, any decisions. It was like and shout out to Orlando Franklin. He's a Canadian. He's yeah, from Toronto. But man, he didn't look good. No, no was, nobody looked good. Nobody, uh, the, no, the, I mean, the, was it uh, Demarius Thomas who couldn't who got the ball punched out? And yes, the, you know, yeah, like yeah, the, it looked like they finally had some progress. It was like a 16-yard connection and then a run, and then he got the ball punched out. It was like they couldn't do anything right yesterday. And then that was uh, that was recovered by Malcolm Smith, who was the game's MVP. Uh, shout out to Seattle's defense. Shout out to Richard Sherman, who I love. I love I love everything about <laughs> Richard Sherman. I love his passion. I love his confidence, and I love that he's such a student of the game and it's too bad that he that he couldn't celebrate with his team on the field at the end of the end of the game he was on crutches but just still I love that dude and I love Russell Wilson Russell Wilson yeah, I mean, he's a classy you talk about dude class, he's a classy dude like he doesn't get enough praise for just how great of a dude he is he's humble he's that humble star and he's that humble champion you don't see that that often obviously he's got to have a lot of confidence in himself to get to that level but being a third round pick you know, I th- what was I read there was a fifty three picks. He was picked fifty three spots after Brandon Whedon. And where's that guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where's that guy? And he was at Peyton's passing camp when he was like fifteen That's years right. old. I saw that which, picture, is, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. But uh shout out to Russell Russell Wilson. Were you were you live tweeting the event last night? Like were a little you tweeting? Bit, a little bit. Okay. There were some there were some great you know, Twitter uh, during a live event. There, I don't think there's a better place to uh, experience live events, be it the Grammys, yep. MTV Awards. The Super Bowl, whatever, fill in the blank, because the commentary most it's probably like eighty five percent hate and sarcasm. Oh yeah, hate slash sarcasm slash nastiness slash snarkiness, and then fifteen percent where people are congratulatory, like, "Oh, this is awesome." Yep. Um, and everyone's trying to hit that home run. Everyone's trying to put that tweet out there that's going to get like. Yeah, you're, you're trying to be the funniest guy in the room. Right? You're trying to be the funniest guy See, in the room. I find it like I, I love f- live tweeting events and following events as long as it's not sports. Because with sports, then I find I get buried in my phone. So I, I tweeted once or twice during the Super Bowl, but ah. then I put it away because I found I was just looking through people's tweets and I was laughing and I was missing the game. So ah, Grammys, okay. all that stuff, Oscars, yeah, I will be all over the phone. But for for sports, I try to put it away as best I can. This was my favorite tweet from last night. Can I read this? Of this course. is my, my boy Adam Proto from the Hockey News. Okay. <laughs> And this was, I think this was, uh, like, start of the third quarter when it was clear Seattle was going to win before Richard Sherman got hurt. The energy coming out of Richard Sherman after this game ends will be harnessed and stored for use in future mass event power outages. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's why I was so disappointed with Richard, because that eight minutes that he was out gave him time to bring his adrenaline down, and then we didn't see the crazy Sherman after the game, right? The the passion, fiery Sherman. Like, I I was, like, I was going to tweet at at one point that, like, Right now, Richard Sherman is is drafting his is revising his post game speech, his post game totally, not totally. speech, but his post game interview comments. Yeah. Because he's just he's a smart dude. He is a well spoken, articulate dude. But you know, you put you stick a mic in front of anyone after that game they had against San Francisco, you're going to be fired up. Yeah, and yeah. everyone got the wrong impression of Richard Sherman after that game. And then through the week at Media Day, you see, okay, this guy's actually got some some well thought out thoughts. He can he can speak well. He's, he's articulate, yeah, and, and I think the and I think the you know the narrative changed after that. It did. It yeah. did. And thankfully so, because yeah. that guy was just getting a volcano of hate. Yeah, agreed. And vitriol from the Twitter warriors out there. Um, but he, it, it, you know, we were robbed of that great Richard Sherman yep. soundbite. Yep. Unfortunately, <laughs> but maybe we, maybe we'll get one. Yeah, maybe we'll get one next year. Who I knows? already here saw some people tweeting about dynasty and Seattle winning again next year and it being a slam dunk and stuff. I don't know. I feel like that. They got a young core. They but, do have a young but core. But football, it's, imp- it's it's like almost impossible yeah. to repeat. It like yeah. rarely, if ever happens. 
I mean, the 49ers did it. The, the Cowboys did it. Is there a league recently. with more parity than the NFL? I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't I mean, think so. And, and most recently, the Patriots did it uh, at the beginning of the 2000s. Yeah. Gurdip Alawalia, thank you very much for blessing Buddy. me in another uh, My, My Guy Monday podcast on Twitter. Give him a follow. It's at Gurdip A. G U R D E E P A. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Caps. My pleasure. It's his favorite day. What could make Cabby feel this way? My guy, my guy, my guy. Talking about my guy. Mondays. Back on My Guy Mondays, the podcast. My good friend, one of my closest friends, RT, Randall Thorne, the director known as RT. <laughs> what up? Back in the seat again. Uh, back for the first time uh, since uh, 2013, or I guess you're making your yes, fre- a fresh appearance in 2014 yes, on Twitter. Sir. It's at directed by RT, and uh, you are a a music video director and a filmmaker, and mm-hmm. uh, you have, I know you have a tremendous respect. Uh, and a certain reverence for Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is yes. now passed. R.I.P. He was, uh, so he, I'm sure everybody knows, uh, but Philip Seymour Hoffman died in his apartment with an apparent needle in his needle arm, in his according arm, according to uh, TMZ. He overdosed. Heroin, heroin overdose right there. Um, on any other day but Super Bowl Sunday, this would have led the news cycle. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. it was Super Bowl Sunday when he died, so... Unfortunately, uh, I mean, it, the news broke earlier in the day, but then it just got in, in, swallowed up by the Super Bowl. But how did you find out originally? You know what the thing is? So I was, uh, I was kind of, I was just like watching some, some probably some garbage movie on on HBO or something like that, just wasting the time. And then um, my uh, one of my exes, Coco. Oh my God. Hey, no names. This is a no names podcast. Well, I guess her nickname. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, you go, know go. What I'm I'm not, Wait, you did? You dated Ice T's wife? Yeah, man. That's how we do, bro. <laughs> wow, did I? We, we've been friends for almost twenty years. I didn't know that resume. that you had that one on your resume. Listen, bro, you that must have know. been a redacted file. You don't know, bro. They, they, I had to delete a couple of things. Wow, I see the redacted files on my resume are like the. the I know there's hard drives. <laughs> they're the bad terabytes. ones. Those are the ones you don't want to. You go crawling underneath the door. Yeah, they're, they're like yeah. they're like you turn the light on <laughs> and the cockroaches scramble. Those are my redacted. Uh, uh, yeah. Stops. Let's say. Yeah. My resume. Well, homegirl, my this homegirl is in the witness protection program. She's out. She's out at the country. Whatnot, oh, well, but, that's good. Yeah, that's so. good. But um, but she she hit me, you know, because uh, you know, as with a lot of uh, the the young ladies that I um that I've had the opportunity to um, you know, date. Uh, you know, I I, I try to introduce them to a lot of different film. Um, actors and and different film experiences, you know what I'm saying? Right. Kind of got it. Not the ones that you make organically, but the ones you experience <laughs> cinematically. <laughs> there are as, those, right? As cinematically as you guys are watching them on a big screen it's, or it's, a it's your all, flat screen at your man, your condo. You're, you're a filmmaker, you know, you, you you make films, you watch films, you take films in, and you embrace and you film, participate in right. films. <laughs> you do, yeah, in yeah. many different ways. So, right. anyways, yeah. So she hit me, man, and she was like, she sent you a text. Yeah. She okay. sent me a text and just you know just said have you heard about philip 
Seymour Hoffman. I was like, what? And you know when anybody um, sends you, whenever somebody just sends that to you, you, you know that means they're dead. Yeah. Like, that's they what it, do, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's never like, oh, he's coming to Toronto. Yeah. Like, that's not what that shit means, <laughs> right, yeah. you know? So, um, but yeah, man. So it was, uh, it was pretty crazy, man. And then. And you and then you threw that question to me like if you heard about Philip Seymour Hoffman I'm like what like did he die and then right. you told me about the overdose I'm like whoa and then immediately I just went to TMZ I just went right and because TMZ they scoop the world yeah. and if it's on TMZ it's 100% fact yeah. to, to me <laughs> so uh, so I was at the gym I'm trying to get a good sweat on on Super Bowl Sunday and the gym was packed. Uh, and then the, on one of the monitors was C, uh, CNN, and then they had the, a loop of they had you know various like the Vogue editor and you know the, the, the Dr. Drew and mm-hmm. you know Dr. Drew is obviously you know he he has that show about you know with the celebrity celebrity rehab and people battling addiction and and Philip Seymour Hoffman you know was a heroin addict he really battled yeah, he you know he's man. battling some demons and yeah. obviously the demons. Uh, got the best of them. No, no um, Rob Ford there. No, 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 no. crack no. there. No, no. Uh, last year, uh, you know, Hollywood lost Corey Monteith, who also overdosed. And, uh, you know, the, the last actor of, like, significant... I shouldn't... I, not to not to disrespect Corey Monteith or, or fans of Glee, but the last uh, actor who... Movie star. Movie star. Movie star. Movie, movie, star, movie film actor, th- that, yes, that, yes. that died, uh, and he won an Oscar posthumously, was uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, yeah. For, uh, for Batman... Uh, not Batman Begins. No, the Dark Knight. The, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what was... What, what is your lasting memory of Philip Seymour Hoffman as a... As a director, as mm-hmm. a huge film aficionado, mm-hmm. um, as someone who who works in the industry, what is your lasting memory of Philip Seymour Hoffman? I mean, I mean, the dude, you know, I uh, I can't I can't pin it down to a singular role or a singular image of him, um, but he was just he is just one of our greatest character actors. He yes, was transformative. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, like just being able to just assume and become multiple different types of people um and and incredibly convincingly well you know what i mean so from you know you, you know scotty J and uh boogie, <laughs> boogie nights scotty you may see but then it's like, and it's like want to see my car yeah want to see my car <laughs> then to get the same car as dirk diggler well, i remember he was always no, you got a cheap version right dirk diggler had to had to had like a like a, a corvette or something corvette. Yeah. yeah and he had like a I don't even know what it was. It was like uh, some kind of Chevy something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when it was uh, trying to have a sports car. Want to see my car? And he was always chewing on a pen. Whenever he was around Dirk, he was always he had some kind of oral fixation. Like, and I I'm sure like I don't know what uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's scripts look like, so I don't know if that was written to the character. I just feel like that was a Philip Seymour Hoffman choice, probably to have some kind of fixation probably. about around when his character was around yeah, yeah, a Dirk yeah. Diggler in yeah. Boogie Nights. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, but I mean, you know, from from that role to, uh, you know, obviously the the role that he won, um, the best actor for Capote. Capote. Or you say Capote? I say Capote. I say Capote you know, Truman Capote. Was it was it was it Capote? No, I just like to add that shit on there. I just like okay, fine, Capote. fine, okay. You know, just make it sound that extra. You know, if we were in France, you know, people right. would be like, oh, yes, this guy. Give it a give it a certain uh, distinction of distinction, elegance. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put an accent goo on there. <laughs> <laughs> for our ho- our homies in Quebec City, you know, to that role, to um, uh, you know, um, yeah, Lang- Lancaster Dodd that he just did with um, P.T. Anderson again. That was his fifth. Uh, oh, in the master? the master, yeah. The I never master. saw the master. It was an incredible um, acting 
just powerhouse. Just uh, just uh, um, him and um, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Just seeing them, you know, the film is just like you're just watching two masters act, uh, and it's in, it's just incredible. Like the 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 powerhouse scene is like midway through the film, and it's just the two of them in a room together sitting at a desk. Is that the one who's like the, telling him not to blink? Yeah. Is it that scene? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, it's just it's just fire. See, you, you mentioned you mentioned like powerhouses acting and that immediately I go to the Ides of March. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is I wish uh, uh Verk uh, Adnan Verk was here with us who who's uh an anchor at ESPN. Yes, yes. Shout was, out to Verk. Uh, shout out to Verk. I texted who, him. I texted him earlier too, did you? man. Yeah, yeah. Who is equally he's is equals with uh with RT as far as the film and aficionado. I think he goes. probably surpassed. I mean, I'd love to be like I'd love to be as knowledgeable as Verk, but Verk Verk goes in, man. Yeah, he yeah. does have an affinity. Okay, he has an affinity for like Italian cinema, the yes. Fellinis and the, some yes. some of those uh, uh, landmark filmmakers, yes. uh, um, but but like Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of his guys, and Paul Giamatti is definitely definitely his guy. His guy. Definitely uh, his so guy. so I go to that scene in Ides of March mm. where Philip Seymour Hoffman's working on one campaign and Paul Giamatti's working on another campaign, yeah. and then they're just it's like they're I can't remember if they're 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 behind a, a, a curtain or backstage at, before a rally or something, mm-hmm. and they're just. They're just going head to head, and I remember feeling. I remember looking like in the theaters, like, "Wow, these are titans right here! Like yeah, these guys man. are just, just powerhouse. They're tour de forces in their of their in their craft, and yeah. and and that's that's where I go when I when, yeah. when I think of uh, uh, an intense Philip Seymour Hoffman on on screen. Yeah, man. I mean, there's there are certain actors that can just, you know, you give them a script, and you got the script, and you know, it's it it might be a heavy script or whatever the deal, but. You know, you you let these guys loose on it, and they will just they'll just like electrify that scene. Like yeah. you can't take your eyes off of what they're doing on the on the screen, and uh, that's incredible. You know, when an actor uh, can elevate um, the, the the words on the page to a place where everybody's just transfixed by it, that's you know that's that's Philip Seymour, man. You know, I really liked, and and I know a lot of people didn't like this movie, but I really liked Mission Impossible Three. And I know I'm going to ask you yeah. your top five Philip Seymour Hoffman performances, but his intensity, like Tom Cruise, I love Tom Cruise as an actor because he's always intense, and he always he tries to give the audience the like bang for their buck. Like mm-hmm. he's like, mm-hmm. I, I always want to ride on a motorcycle and I'm going to run in every movie. So, you know, I'm working hard for you with the audience and right. he goes for it. Right. But I remember the scene in, in uh mission impossible three, when he's got Carrie Russell in the chair and, and they're both like super intense and he, and he shoots the thing in her brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he just, he just, man, like it would be so intimidating acting opposite Philip Seymour Hoffman. I remember, do you remember when Chris, so our friend Chris, or I guess Casey, he, Collins. Casey Collins, we've known, Shout he's a Can- Canadian actor, he's going to be seen in the movie Robocop uh, yeah, yeah. this month, um, and he's play, he plays one of the cops in the uh, precinct, in, uh, in the Detroit, at the Detroit precinct. But anyway, so, so Casey got a part uh, in a movie called Owning Mahoney in like 98 or 99, yeah, I don't know, what, maybe, it was, maybe it was like 01 or 02. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know that much about Phil Seymour Hoffman. So he came over to our place and we gave him, I remember we gave him like a, a GQ that he was on the cover of and like another magazine. Like, dude, right. read about this actor. He's right, amazing. Right, right, like, right, right. watch Boogie Nights and and uh, one of our f- 
it's still my favorite comedy. I think it's still your favorite still comedy. Favorite but comedy. okay, which which you'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's had like these signature performances. Charlie <laughs> Wilson's more. He steals every scene that he's in. It's kind of like John Goodman in Argo. When John Goodman comes in, or, or even True. John Goodman in uh, what's the Denzel movie, Flight? Yeah, yeah, in Flight. Yeah, comes yeah, in yeah. and just like he just yeah. just kills the screen. Yeah, like you can't. You just everybody just gets swallowed into that that red star, which is. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, and uh, Charlie was okay. So RT, yes. Your, what are your fi- your five favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman okay, performances? I, I can't really put them into. I can't put them into. Um, like you're not ranking them. Order. Okay, no, I can't put them in order, man, because it's just the guy is just you know he's just. Well, I just called you like 13 minutes ago to come in to do this, so you yeah, didn't really have yeah, that much time to really, prep. Yeah, you know, I gotta go. Brant and Big Lebowski. Like Big Lebowski is like. Hands down, my favorite comedy, like of of all time. Mine too. Like I just, I, the movie just gets funnier as you watch it. <laughs> if you keep watching it, it gets funnier. So it will never not be my favorite comedy now. Um, and he plays Brant, who's like, um, you know, the the senior Lebowski, yeah, Jeff- the millionaire Lebowski, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, sidekick, yeah, you know, right hand man, man yeah. you know what I mean? Who's uh, and um, he's just. He's just hilarious. Like, I mean, you know, like, the Coen brothers do such a good job of, they create roles that, like, character actors can walk in and, like, do something, and you will remember them forever in that role. It's They, they don't do throwaway roles. They do these little... Very smart little, and he just killed it. It's the, it's, it's the, it's, I remember it's like him, it's when Jeff Bridges looks into the mirror and it's time, <laughs> yes, it's time man it's of mi- the year. <laughs> it's a cover, it's a cover of Time yeah, Magazine, yeah. but it has a, it's instead of a cover, it just has Time Magazine man of the year written on a mirror and you look into it and, and Lebowski's looking at it and it doesn't Lebowski touch it and then, and then <laughs> Brand is like, has, don't, no, don't, yeah, don't, 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 touch, don't touch it and then touch and he touches it again. <laughs> And he moves his hand again. He's so uncomfortable and so awkward, but just so memorable. And there's, then you know, then uh, you know, he Lebowski takes the takes the rug, and he's like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. Mr. Lebowski, will you be leaving?" And then obviously it's the uh, oh, the famous can- scene is the is the is the Tara Reid scene, probably Tara Reid's best role ever <laughs> in her little two two minutes that she has in that movie. But and it's like she's outside at the pool. And she played, you know, uh, the the millionaire Lebowski has a porno star wife, and that's Tara Reid, and she's out by the pool sitting there, and you know, Jeff Bridges walks over, and he kind of <laughs> is like looking at her, and she she looks up from doing her nails, and then she says, "I'll suck you for a thousand dollars," and then Jeff Lebowski's like, "I'm gonna go to the bank machine," and then she turns to to uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, she goes. But Brent can't watch, or else he has to pay too. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's fifty it's bucks. A, yeah, fifty bucks. And the laugh, the laugh that Philip, the, the awkward laugh that Philip Seymour Hoffman lets out is like just priceless. Priceless, man. absolutely yeah. priceless. Okay, priceless. so the Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought he did some great work in The Master, which was, uh, you know, a film uh, from last year um, uh, with P.T. Anderson. That's like his fifth collaboration with P.T. Anderson. He's been in a lot of P.T. Anderson movies. Um, and you know, I, you, you know, you know, I love P.T. Anderson. Yes. Like I, it's a, that's this master filmmaker right there. So just, uh, this role of the, uh, is, is it loosely based on the Scientology? Yes. It's loosely based on, on L. Ron Hubbard, um, and, and sort of the creation of Scientology. But I, I would more say that it's like, it's just about the creation of, of cult, uh, as a religion and, um, 
trying to try like the early stages of that and how that gets started and and what people do when they do that you know it's like they go around and they they try to sell rich people on it to get sponsors and those rich people pay for them to go talk to other rich people and it becomes this movement so it's really interesting an examination of of a person that chooses that's what they're going to sell you know some people sell back in the day some people sold vacuum cleaners this right. this guy sold you know religion yeah as his own created religion you know so great great um great role man um for him and uh there's a great scene that's like him and joaquin phoenix like head to head and uh he's he's processing joaquin phoenix which is like you know sort of determining if he can be part of the religion which was it's a great great role okay the master by paul thomas anderson Go, I'll go P.T. Anderson again, and it, uh, Scotty J, we talked about it just Oh, now. in Boogie Nights. Yeah, in Boogie Nights. Um, he's just like the, the sad sack kind of <laughs> helper, like P.A. <laughs> he, on yeah, the, yeah, on the production assistant. Sets. Yeah, yeah. And he always, didn't he wear like high shorts? Oh, yeah. He's high all, shorts, yeah. and he had tank tops, yeah. like a multicolored tank tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's kind of, he's, he's, always, he's always been kind of pudgy, so it's like, it's a little bit of physical awkwardness. Yeah. And then he's always chewing on a pen when Mark Wahlberg's uh, character's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty. Scotty, and then there's a scene where Scotty hates himself because he kissed Mark Wahlberg. He yeah. advanced on Mark Wahlberg, and Mark Wahlberg's like, what, or uh, Dirk Dick is like, what are you doing, Scotty? I, I, uh, just, I just thought you wanted to kiss me. And you didn't want to kiss me? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sit in his car. He's like, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. When the movie's start, like, starting to fall apart in uh, that, uh, like yeah, that third act. act. Yeah, as, as the 70s go to the 80s. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I, I liked, I really liked, he played a character, Gus, I can't remember, I can't remember the last name, but it's in Charlie Wilson's War. And I thought, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like I, I was, yeah, scene yeah, stealer. Yeah. Just and killed he's it. just, he's just on fire in that movie. He's, he's got like, like, uh, he's got like the, uh, a version of, uh, of, uh, John Goodman's glasses from the big Lebowski, like yeah, those firing yeah, ranges. Yeah. It's like tinted lenses. Yeah. Hair, the hairline's a little back. Again, he's a little bit overweight, yeah. and he's kind of busting out of his yeah. shirt, his buttoned-up yeah. shirts a little bit. And he's like a fixer, right? In, in the yeah, movie. yeah. And he just he just gets he just gets shit done. But he just um, but man, he's 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 fiery. Like he's, you know, uh, and and that's you know, I mean, again, you know, talking about this guy is just like he just has the capability of switching lanes with every role. So he'll play, you know, a sad sack like Scotty J. In Boogie Nights, is just a complete loser, and then he'll switch to this guy, and like you believe this guy, this guy will put a bullet in your head yeah. and n- n- make sure nobody finds your body. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's it's that intensity that he can just do. He could just, you know, he does it so well. Like he just he he can. And he's so he's so confident and so cocky in this particular role. I remember the scene with. I think in Tom Hanks's uh, Charlie Wilson's in Tom Hanks's office where he like bugs. He, uh, I was like, "Were you listening at the door?" It's like, "No, nah, I, uh, I just I bugged your Scotch bottle. I, there's a, <laughs> a listening device in there. I was listening out in the hallway and yeah. just tells him like just so like point blank like yeah, that. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing role. Charlie Wilson's War, and yeah. then so and then your fifth favorite uh, performance I, from I Philip re- Seymour Hoffman. Something with a lot of sensitivity in it. Um, Jacob uh, from Twenty uh, Fifth Hour with Spike Lee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I don't really I liked remember. His, I don't really remember him in that one. I, nah, man. He he was a teacher. He was a teacher, and he and he. Oh, he had a thing for does he hook up? Does he hook Anna up Paquin, with Anna Paquin? Oh, that's yeah, right. Because yeah. they go to the nightclub too, yeah, don't they? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So. Break. 
He's, yeah, exactly. Great, great. Yes, Spike, Spike Lee with the with the uh, music cue there. Yeah. But um, yeah, just uh, I, you know, just again, just uh, to me, you know, he just embody, he just embodies, um, you know, we're a, a a person with, you know, granted issues. Yes. But he absolutely. imbues them with, with with a certain amount of sensitivity. Like you know, like that's it's that's a pretty easy uh role to vilify on screen you know uh you know a teacher who you know is kind of into messing with a minor she's yeah. a minor she's you know one of the students saying? yeah yeah and it could easily become this like uh you know you can easily look at that character and be like ah oh, i hate this guy but you know he just he just has this uh, sensitivity to him i remember his, his performance in bound and i believe um uh meryl streep right when he is in that movie and uh uh, uh not he b- bound um, not bound uh what is it called um doubt doubt, doubt, doubt <laughs> bound doubt, is uh doubt. gina gershon yeah, and yeah, uh yeah. jennifer joe, tilly joe pantaleone joe pantaleone and yeah, uh yeah, yeah, it was uh, the wachowski's first wachowski's movie right first movie yeah bound was great oh yeah. that, a couple little scenes man yeah, yeah, yeah uh anyway so the opposite of that is uh phil seymour hoffman in yeah. doubt and uh he plays a uh a catholic priest and who's a very shady behavior mm-hmm. and and uh, Meryl Streep finds out about it, but like y- you feel kind of, even though it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's able to draw some sympathy from the audience, even though that character is a real animal. The real dirtbag. Real yeah. dirtbag. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman, may you rest in peace, sir. All right, uh, one of the greatest yeah. artists of your generation. Absolutely. And uh, and you will be missed by many people who are fans of yours, RT and myself uh, included. No easy segue, but uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, is the television event of the year. Mm-hmm. It's the highest rated program every year. It has been for decades. We're going to talk about the commercials. Mm-hmm. Since you are a man that creates visuals. Yes, yes. Uh, commercials. Any? I want to start with the... We're gonna, we'll, go, we'll go with the good, the bad, and the ugly, RT. I got uh, mm-hmm. my film director friend here next to me on Twitter. It's directed by RT. Directed as by I, RT. As I... Uh, um, on Instagram too. On Instagram too. I was just I was just drawing out just so you can take a sip Thank of water. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Okay, let's start with the bat, the ugly. What mm-hmm. are the? Where were the? The worst. The, the, the worst. worst of the worst. There's always some trap. Like you know, you can't believe these guys spent. Well, I don't know what it was. Four, year, uh, four upwards million, of four so. million dollars on Fox to get a thirty second commercial on, uh, during the Super Bowl broadcast. And the weird thing this year was a lot of these commercials debuted on YouTube. Online, yeah. Like before days the, before the, the Super Bowl, so that so that that uh, that air of mystery and secrecy was wasn't there this year. Yeah. It's like you've like, oh, I saw that uh, Budweiser yeah, spot, or I yeah. saw that Hyundai spot, I, re- or I saw I, that I read Tim Tebow that, commercial. I read this thing that they were saying they were like how um, a lot of the the you know the I guess whoever sells the ad space was talking about how you know oh it's an opportunity for you know um, because it used to be people would watch the game then they would like everybody would like shut up shut up shut up during the commercials so they can see the commercials the commercials were an event themselves yes, the they Super were. Bowl commercials yes. yeah and so this guy is saying no you know now we've created a new opportunity where um, you know you've seen the stuff leading up to the game so now you can be like oh oh Shut up, shut up. This is the horse commercial that I told you about. Right. Which I'm not really, I don't, I don't buy that at all. That sounds like a spin as well. That's a marketing executive coming up with a way of like, you know, selling space to people. I think it's, I don't know. Anyways, but um, yes, it's, it's pretty incredible that sometimes they can spend $4 million on that. So my worst, my, I have two worst. Okay. What are the uglies? 
the 2014 Super Bowl commercials, the good, the bad, the ugly. We're starting with the ugly. RT, what are the two ugly commercials for ugly you? Ugly commercials was the TurboTax commercial. I don't think I saw that one. Just it was ugly. You don't even want to see it. it was <laughs> like for the for the like honestly, it's like it, it was like a, a a kid on a couch. Not even a kid. It's like it's you know, but like twenty something dude on a couch, and it's like you know, you're watching the Super Bowl, but like. For most people, watching the Super Bowl is not watching their two favorite teams. For most people, it's watching, like, two teams that you kind of don't really care about. And it's like going to the prom, and then it, like, wraps around him, and it shows this guy at the prom. And you're watching the girl you want to be with dance with some other dude, and then it has slow motion replays of this dude, and stats on this dude, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, so... Why are you doing that? Why don't you just do your taxes? I'm not joking. Why don't you do your taxes and, like, make your taxes easier, and then you can get a big refund? I'm not joking. That was the commercial. That's terrible. It was the worst commercial ever. <laughs> That's and, terrible. And it was making fun of the Super It was like, why are you watching the Super Bowl? Like, it was questioning why you watch the Super Bowl when you're watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> the dumbest what, commercial. What's the other one? Um... Uh, Squarespace, which is one of these dot-com companies, I guess, and they're, I guess, I, I don't know, they help you make websites Yes, or yeah, yeah, that's one, yeah, it's a website building. Yeah, website uh, building. Uh, uh, website, yeah. First of all, I can't like even. Go, like GoDaddy and yeah. uh, those those types. But I can't even believe that these guys have $4 million to spend on, like, web, they're web developers. I don't even understand how they got their money to spend on. Well, people spend money on those sites to build their websites. I know, but, like, you like know. Like Dan's Tool Shed and, you know, Monica's <laughs> makeup bag or whatever they are. I don't know. It's, it seemed like a lot or, of money. Anyways, but the point is, is, like, it was making fun of the web, and it just had, like, it had all these characters coming at this guy this guy was in an alley and all these characters like, just sort of like a horror kind of a feel and it had all these characters coming at this guy and they were representations of you know pop-ups and, and oh okay and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, instagram yeah. pictures right, of girls right right and you know but i just thought it was just lame okay so the, <laughs> the two ugly ones for me was the chobani beer it had a big bear that ca- yeah, like was, comes into like this gas station looking for this uh, this beer or actually I think it was a, a yogurt at first. Right. But it, it was it was it was bad. It was bad, and it was narrated by Mandy Patinkin, who's in Homeland. I I recognize voice. I'm like, wow, Mandy Patinkin, like, is doing this beer. <laughs> why weird. why even- would they? Why would they think that would work with that brand? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> he plays Saul in Homeland, who's like the director of the CIA, who's like uh, does these special ops off the grid. All you know this kind of need for this. Yeah, I know, we right? Need Mandy Patinkin. Obviously, somebody over there is a huge Homeland fan. Like, we gotta hire Mandy Patinkin. He's got a great voice. Probably. Recorded it with his beard on. Um, and then the, this two-minute Chrysler commercial. I'm sure it wasn't two minutes on TV. I watched it online. Two-minute Chrysler commercial starring Bob Dylan. Yeah. And Bob Dylan's talking about, you know, uh, Chrysler being American, all these, these symbolic American things. And, and obviously, Bob Dylan is an American icon. But the commercial starts with, is there anything more American than America? It's, that is yeah. so re- stupid. <laughs> like, what a redundant, statement. stupid question. That's how you open your commercial. And then... And then this is the commercial that Bob Dylan does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A, a couple years ago, Eminem was narrating. He had his uh, his huge, the the song he won an Oscar for, his palms are sweaty, arms are ready. The sap back to reality. Oh, it goes gravity. Oh, yeah, it goes. Yeah, yeah. What, what the hell's the name? Of? Lose yourself. Jeez. Lose yourself, yeah. 
Always got, you always got to start at the beginning of the freaking song or go to the, <laughs> the chorus to, to freaking find right, the name right. of the song. Okay, so Lose Yourself. It, and it had, you know, great song, great guitar riff. And uh, and obviously Eminem has root. He's from Detroit, so it makes sense of the Detroit of Chrysler, the car maker based in Detroit. But Bob Dylan, I think, is from Minnesota. Right. And <laughs> I don't know what roots he has to Detroit. It just it sucked for me. Okay, those those are the two ones I thought were ugly. Okay, right. so what's on your bad list? I don't I don't have that. Ma- like I, I I mean I, trust me, there's there was a bunch of like. At very average, passable spots. I like saw a lot, was not on, a lot of chatter. There was not a lot of good. Yeah, I, you know, I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter saying the Super Bowl was average and the commercials were average. Yeah, there wasn't a a blockbuster like really funny one. There was no, there's no E Trade Baby. There's no commercial no. with just random monkeys no. in a in a driveway. Yeah, where were the monkeys? This where year? were the monkeys playing instruments? Yeah, man. You the know monkeys I mean? got replaced by puppies. There are a lot of dogs in there commercials of, yeah. this uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. So do you have any particular bad I, you ones? Know, I I I didn't really like that. There was a Radio Shack commercial that was like. You know the the '80s called and they want their store back. See, that's a that's lame. The, the whatever like, called lame. that's a joke from like '92. Seriously, or '90. Like Seriously. I feel like David Spade on Saturday Night Live used to <laughs> he, have he setups. Wrote that one. Yeah, setups and jokes like that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's or Dennis old, Dennis Miller, I think even. Yeah, uh, yeah the. Uh, 83 called and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, he wants your DeLorean back. Yeah. Which is, of course, and they had the DeLorean and then they had Alf in there. Oh, in the com- really? In the commercial. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen this. Okay, yeah. But it, but it's not, it's, it just was like, it's just like, uh, you know, like I just felt, you know what, I like even though I haven't even seen that commercial until this year, I felt like I've seen it before. Are they trying to get people to go back to the physical stores? Yeah. But, but it's, it's like, like, but it's just like, it's, it, first it's a, of all, you're running a store called Radio Shack, man. Radio Shack, like, 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 people are gonna go to that store to get electronics. Yeah, like, you're buying. Everybody buys gadgets online. Yeah. I mean, people do enjoy going to the Best Buy or whatever just to see the gadgets. Yeah. But so many men buy gadgets online. And then the worst is, is like they they were making fun of themselves. So they're like, you know, the '80s called and they want their store back. And then all these '80s characters came into Radio Shack and took all the '80s stuff out of there. And then at the end. It's like now the new Radio Shack, and they show the store, and it looks like Best Buy. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, okay, so you guys just put yourself out of business then. Speaking of '80s, uh, the commercial that I thought was really bad was the Greek yogurt, Dan and Greek yogurt. I can't remember the name of the yogurt, mm. but it had the Full House cast, and this is yeah, one of the things that was teased yeah, earlier on YouTube. Yeah. There was like a, a teaser. I forgot and, about that one. That that one is bad. And yeah. then it's like John Stamos, he's licking yogurt off his lips with his, with this woman in his kitchen, and they're being yeah. she's being seductive, he's being seductive. And then Danny Tanner and friggin', uh, uh, oh my gosh. What's his name, man? Uh, you the, know who it is. Um, I just know him from Entourage. He's got the dirty mouth. Yeah. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Or it's in the other part of the kitchen. It's just, it was it was bad. It wasn't you see, but it's the thing. that They, they could have saved that commercial by abandoning the full house thing and having Bob Saget say some nasty <laughs> at the end of the commercial. <laughs> but it's about yogurt, though. You can't really, wow. <laughs> it's okay, okay, fine, sure, sure. It was already implied because the yogurt falls into his lap. Right. So, but Bob Saget could have came and saved that, and it would have been. Funny. Really, like, yeah, he could have come over like, "Hey, let me get that." Yeah, yeah or yeah. something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I have a couple of honorable mentions. I don't know if you did, but a couple, a couple that I really liked was this Axe commercial that was kind of like a, 
it was sort of it was a heavy-handed commentary mm-hmm. on how peace we should have and that one actually i saw that on youtube like five or six days ago like a long it was like a, either a minute minute and a half and right. then it goes to korea and i thought that was cool it was a, right. it was a nice little right. gesture obviously the audience is smart to realize that this is pandering to sort of you right. know the liberal left and like yeah, yeah you know yeah. we should have peace but i i still enjoyed it and the T- tim tebow t-mobile commercial about no contracts and tim tebow Famously, is a quarterback who is not employed by an NFL team, but hugely famous. Obviously, he's in his own freaking commercial, and he says, "I'm Tim Tebow." Yeah. Um, but I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I liked. I liked. Uh, I liked. He had one that was like more movie like, and then one was like sort of based in. He had two of them. And oh, one, he did. One, okay. Yeah, and I so saw the movie one. One was a movie one, and then one was like based in reality, and it was like him doing real jobs and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. He's like a speaker at the UN and. Doing some stuff like that, so I, I thought that was I, I thought those were yeah sure honorable mentions there. I like this. There was this one Chevrolet commercial that I at first I was like, ah, what is this? And it's just this. It's just like this couple and they're driving home in a truck, and it's like the sunset, and you just see the sunset through the window, and you know the 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 woman has like really short hair, like almost a buzz cut, and then she just reaches out and holds her her man's hand, and they just drive off, and then it was like. Um, it was in support of like um, cancer uh, oh, survivors, okay. Oh, okay. and I was like, you know what? That was a dope commercial because they it, it was like you know a lot a lot a lot of um, a lot of brands like they do do these like sort of charitable endeavor type of things, um, but they usually hit you over the head a little bit more with it. And it was a very simple commercial, and the only reason you would know that she's got cancer or that she survived cancer is that her hair is short. And I was like, "That's kind of dope." You know Were they that? talking? Was it no, no, no dialogue? No talking, uh, nothing. Okay. They just oh. drove and they just enjoyed, the, enjoying the sunset. So I thought what, that was dope. What else did you like? Um, what are some of your favorites? Favorites. All right. So I mean, now we're into the good. We did the ugly. Right. Did the bad. We're into the good. Right. Okay. So so my I mean my fav my favorite commercial of the Super Bowl was the the dad six cents. From Hyundai. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That thought, was awesome. I thought that was dope. I thought it was dope. It was just like showing this father through, I guess, a progression. Was it a, a couple of fathers? Or was I think it were different dads. Father? Yeah, different just, different fathers, yeah. but just like showing their kids just doing ridiculous kid and on the nonsense. brink of disaster. Right, just before the kid is about to like literally bite it, like fall down the stairs or like get hit by a truck or something. <laughs> the dad like reaches out with his arm and just grabs the kid just at the last minute. And I'll, like a, you know, it just it was it was a a proper um, Super Bowl commercial because you know it's it surprises you. And I think that's the best. The Super Bowl commercials that I think work the best are the ones that surprise you and sometimes they're funny. But sometimes they just have a visual that's just like catches you off guard, and so I thought that was great. Um, I liked it. I liked that one a lot, and I liked that other Hyundai commercial with the guy from The Big Bang Theory, Johnny Galecki, or whatever that actor's name is. He's like he he, he's uh, next to another a woman, and they're sort of trying to one up each other. He's like giving her compliments. I didn't see that one. And then she's she's like, oh nice. She's like throws like whatever she says is kind of like imminent danger for him and then right. he has to sort of navigate the danger okay, and okay. Uh, it was cool. It was very, okay, it was, I gotta it was look very funny. It up, I gotta look it up. What else did you love? But I like the idea of the Bud Epic Night oh, that was awesome. commercial. Like I think that's dope and I actually even think it's dope that they started it on TV and then they and then you go online and you check out the whole thing. So yeah, you check it, out the It's like a 4 minute video or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So is they, like, this is the so it's Bud Lights up for whatever and it yeah, stars whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Don Cheadle, 
Uh, who else is in it? Uh, Minka Kelly. Minka Kelly. Woo. Oh boy, good for Cheater. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who else is in it? And it's a uh, and so they had like 450 actors in the mo- in this commercial, and it takes place in New York. And yeah. I saw it actually again. This is another one of those commercials I saw. I watched the full thing probably like Thursday of Super Bowl okay. leading into the weekend. And you just saw it today. I just saw it today. Okay, yeah. So they take a regular person, a regular dude, just um, who Ian Rappaport. Yeah, <laughs> it's his I, name. Yeah, it's his name. It's his name. I, yeah. Incidentally, he looks like a, like like a dude that I, that I know. <laughs> um, so I gotta tweet him. Who does but, he look um, like? Harv Harv Glazer. Uh, okay. Another another another. Didn't uh, Harv Glazer direct Malibu's Most Wanted? Which one did he? Didn't he do one of those? He did. Didn't he do one of those? Um, what's that dude's name? Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was that you one. No, he did kicking it old school. Kicking it old school. Shout out to Harv. You listen to this, man. <laughs> Shout you out here. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, Harv. Harv is a old buddy of mine. But this guy looked like Harv. I was like, is that Harv? <laughs> Harv's moonlighting him in Bud Light. Anyway, so but they take a regular dude like Ian Rappaport, and they and then they put him. Um, they start shooting a night of him getting surprised by. By you know, I guess a girl who uh, who's going to take him out out on a, and it's on a crazy it's it's set up like a, some kind of blind date, right? And then so then know. they just bounce around to all the bachelorette and, party in a limo, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, pre-planned stuff. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know any of this stuff. He just probably doesn't even know that he's being filmed. I don't think he knows he's even being filmed, or, or does he? The, I'm sure at some point he's like, "What is this? This, this has got to be something." The guy's from New York, and usually you, you, New Yorkers are generally right, 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 right. pretty st- street smart. And then you know, when Don Cheeto shows up in an elevator with a llama, he's got to be, "What's going on?" And then he. <laughs> And then the thing about the twins, he ends up at a party with just all, all twins. twins. I want to see that footage. Like, I want to see, like... Yeah, that's I, crazy. That's that's the part of the commercial that I'm really interested in. A room then, full of friggin' twins. And then he ends up playing ping pong against Arnold Schwarzenegger in some kind of crazy wig. Yeah, he's... I was regular wig. No, 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 but he, he's, he's dressed up as uh, Bjorn, Bo- uh, Bjorn Borg, I think. Oh, like, okay, uh, Like okay, a tennis okay. great. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so... Yeah, and then uh, and then and then One Republic come out. Oh, that's right, One Republic at the end. Yeah, they they're performing and they're performing. So I thought that was dope. I I, I love that kind of a spot. Like I think that's you engage the audience and you make them want to you know check it out later. And those 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 commercials, man, real life people where it's like real life people involved. Right. It takes me to that WestJet commercial where WestJet amazing campaign. West yeah. So the the flight goes from Hamilton, Toronto. To Calgary and people had told Santa what they wanted for Christmas and WestJet and they went and they bought all these gifts. And when the people arrived in Calgary, all these gifts came out on the car- the luggage carousel, addressed to them. Like those, that's where commercials are going now. They're like they're now. It's like they're forcing the audience to go look at them again, and then yes, and then companies are spending more money to have these real life experiences, so real life people could be like, "Whoa, that's amazing! Yeah. Like this actually happened to me. It's not just a fantasy. It's actually making fantasy a reality." Which I mean, and you know the, the the smart thing about that for any kind of marketer is just like you just you do you do engage um, other people, and then they they start telling other people about it, and that's probably you know one of the most important things for a, a lot of these companies. I'm sure. I'm sure with the with that WestJet thing, of course they got a, like a ton of views, but they also got all those people also all telling all their friends yeah. and and just using social media, and you know what I mean. So I, I think that's a great thing to to do. What else did you love from the Super Bowl commercials? Uh, I wouldn't say I loved uh, anything else really, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a movie fan, so I checked out. Um, you know, I like the Morpheus. I like uh, Morpheus. And, was that and Hyundai Kia. also? That was, oh, it was uh, Kia. That was Kia. Kia, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that was like the, to me. That was like, you know, 
sometimes you see these these Super Bowl commercials, and you know they they didn't spend anything on the production. And I'm a production guy, so um, you know I look for that. But when when I see something like these guys, like they made that for the Super Bowl, like Morpheus in a car, and the car is driving through the city, and the in the city's like exploding, and cars yeah, are flying up in the air. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at night too. Yeah, it's just this is crazy. And then they had they had a um, Jaguar did a, a villains commercial, which. Again, ben Kingsley was in that ben one. Ben Kingsley yeah. and um, wasn't the guy from Thor in one of yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, Tom uh, Tom Middleton. Middleton, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Loki uh, plays the bad guy in Thor. Loki, yeah, and Loki. Then, uh, and then, um, uh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm forgetting his name now. An actor? Yeah. In uh, that same Jaguar commercial? Yeah, man. Oh, uh, um, Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Yeah, yeah. Mark Strong. So it's just the collection of villains. They were just missing like, and it was about British guys playing villains. Oh, and they they were just. That's a good missing. collection though. That's a, that is good. that is the one guy they were missing was Jeremy Irons. Ah, oh, Scar. Right. From, right. Uh, you know, Jeremy Irons got to be like seventy now. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, he's he, uh, and he just got casted in uh, um, Batman Superman as uh, Alfred. He's gonna play Alfred. He's gonna play Alfred. So he so it's so Jeremy Irons and Ben Affleck. Inter- okay. Yeah. And then, uh, oh yeah, who's who's playing Lex Luthor? Um, uh, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah. Which is real. It'd be interesting, interesting seeing him bald. If he's I going to be bald, I wonder if they're going to do him bald. I don't know. That's a good question. He's got to be. I mean, it's in the comic books. I know it's Lex, but but Lex is also an older guy. Right. In the comic books. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gene Hackman was like. I mean, forty something when he in the first go round yeah. the Superman, and then Kevin Spacey wasn't. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Did he have his hair? That bat, that Superman was so forgettable. Yeah, yeah. The one with the I don't, I don't even remember Brandon Ruth or Ralph right, or whatever right, it was right. the. Yeah, short-lived career there. Yeah, that had one guy had one movie. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> tangents. Uh, we take them. Um, the one that I thought was okay. I'm gonna give props to yeah, Newcastle yeah. Beer with Anna Kendrick, who was up. It was in. I didn't uh, see that one. What's the George Clooney movie? Air up there. Air. Uh, or up in the air. Up in the air. Up yeah. in the air. She plays opposite George Clooney in that movie. Um. It's it's a commercial that's not supposed to be a commercial. So she's talking okay. to the camera like, oh, these guys don't have the budget, blah blah blah. And 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 for a lot of commercials, they said the big game as instead of saying the Super Bowl because you have to pay the licensing from the NFL to oh, have to say Super, Super Bowl? Bowl. Yeah, wow. and actually they make the, it's actually funny because they comment about not. She's like, you can't even say the Super Bowl, and then they bleep it out right. like it's a like it's a bad word. That was great. And the Microsoft commercial, Microsoft like took a page out of like Apple's book and Google's book and they had a really sentimental commercial about technology uniting people and how technology is like helping cure some illnesses like a, a deaf woman heard her voice for the first time oh, yeah. and a football player who's got ALS that I can't remember a, the gentleman's yeah. name he was speaking to his child it was re- it was really it was really well done that was a great commercial but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw this out there that was actually I, I actually really did love it. I, I didn't think about that right now but what are they advertising man Okay, that's, that's you know the, what I'm saying. Yeah. So what's the product? What's the product, man? Well, is it maybe it's maybe it's a lifestyle thing? Because like some brands are like are big on their lifestyle. It's like Red Bull is a is a lifestyle brand, and you're yeah, not you know that's, that's like Microsoft just making a commercial like we do this stuff. Like that's what that commercial is saying. It's yeah. not like it's like, and they don't really do that stuff <laughs> anyways. They don't cure people's hearing. Like they they don't. They're just hey, saying listen, technology. But they make the screens where all that cr- nice font comes. <laughs> We make technology unites us. That's where, yeah, that's where. Well, then, I mean, Apple is kind of. Well, no, maybe Apple. No, Apple's more direct, more related to their product. This is a product. Yeah. Anyways, whatever. Great. It was a great commercial. I'm just like, "Mm, what are they? They trying to claim 
everything. <laughs> like <laughs> Microsoft, we help everything. Yeah. RT, but yeah. Randall Thorne. Yeah, man. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at directed by RT. Thank you very much for stopping on, my guy. Mondays, the free, podcast. Free, free, free. Always a pleasure having you, my man. Yes, sir. It's his favorite day. What could make Gabby feel this way? My guy. My guy. My guy. Talking about my guy. Mondays. Making his first appearance on My Guy Mondays, but his next appearance on the Cappy Presents podcast, Evan Starkman, in from New York, making a very special appearance post-Super Bowl. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. This is uh, My Guy Monday. I, I'm, I'm an avid fan, a listener, <laughs> Thank you, man. a downloader, Thank you. Thank so you. I'm happy to, uh, to be here. On Twitter, it's the Evan Starkman. Instagram, the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, the yeah. Evan Starkman. Um, okay, so before we get to the actual game, if you had a friend, right, that was going to get a tattoo of yeah. a of a sports franchise on his person, right. uh, and he told you, he's like, "Hey, man, I'm 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 a diehard fill in the blank." Right. Well, in this case, we'll say I'm a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan, and he was going to get a tattoo. What What would your reaction be? And what would your uh, advice be? Well, I guess, I mean, I always put tattoos in, uh, you ever been to like a rock concert? No. And everyone's got their <laughs> shirt off. And have you ever looked at someone and gone, wow, that tattoo makes you look better? <laughs> <laughs> like you've never felt that a tattoo on someone's person makes them look better. That's actually a very good observation. So... I just put it in that context. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're a fan. You're going to get this thing, and it's frankly pretty stupid. Okay, so there's a guy named Tim Connors, yeah. a Seattle Seahawks fan, who got the team's logo and it, it, the uh, XLV111 champs, or III, I should say, champs tattooed on his forearm, forearm in the summer before the season started. Wow. So, like, you, he's taking... He's all in. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> like, like, that guy should also get a ring from the team. And maybe that's what he's hoping to do because it got picked up by some blogs and then it got tweeted uh, yesterday by Darren Ravel or retweeted by Darren Ravel. So, like, that is probably one of the boldest, maybe the boldest prediction a any person could do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, people with tattoos get pretty bought. They like it's crazy. They get pretty what? Buck with it. Like, oh, they, pretty buck. They, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. like constantly get tattoos. Okay, so would you would you have encouraged this dude, or would you have encouraged him like yeah to get it, or in hopes that you can mercilessly um, make fun of him, make fun of him later, or would you be like, listen, tattoos never make anybody look better, so let's let's think about this not twice. Let's think about this like twenty two times. I guess. I guess I'm impressed. I think that we underrate, or I mean, you're we're both sports fans, but I think that we underrate how big f fans can be. That's true. And so it's like one thing to say, like, oh, I root for the Leafs, or I root for the the Seahawks, and I I care to some degree. But some people really care, you know. I mean, did you see did you see the thirty for thirty about Alabama and? Uh, and, oh um, no! I, I, I Auburn Alabama rivalry. No, and some guy like I guess you know in in Auburn they have uh, they have some trees that they put toilet paper on when they win, and the tree is you know sort of symbolic and sacred to the university. And literally, this guy poisoned the tree. 
Oh wait, yeah, it was like an old tree. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it's yeah, like a it was like staple a, of the <laughs> campus. Or yeah, like it, it, the tree and died. Like, you you try and talk to him, like they're interviewing him, like you don't see that that's kind of crazy behavior, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, like I I love Alabama and I hate that tree and <laughs> and you're just like, man, we underrate fans. You're right. There there are there is fanaticism that goes to a deeper level that we. Uh, that I I've never gotten to as a as a fan of sports like I don't bleed my team's colors even though like I'm a card carrying member of team Kobe Bryant I don't bleed right mamba juice out of my veins I'm sure people have Kobe Bryant tattoos I'm sure they have yeah I think I've seen some there and there was a guy it was floating around yesterday a guy who had a, a, a conversely a Denver Broncos tattoo on his back shoulder with the same you know Super Bowl champs Super Bowl 48 champs and the Roman numerals. You can't and take it back. No, you can't. And like the word champs was in sort of like a script, so you can't even change like the A to like a U, like chumps. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what that guy is, 100% yeah. a chump. A chump, yeah. Um, did you see, so after the game, Super Bowl uh, MVP, um, Malcolm Smith. He's, right. He's, he's on, the, on the podium, he's at a press conference, and he's, you know, he's, Pumped up, Exto- yeah, extolling the virtues of his of his team defense. He's like, I represent the defense. It's really, you know, he's actually saying it's not shouldn't be awarded to me. It should be awarded to the entire defense. And then a dude came up, like a fan or like a person who had who was accredited member of either the media or whatever, right. came he- up on. Have you seen this? No, no. Came up onto the stage, got a bald guy, balding. He was like in his late twenties, early thirties, wearing a plaid shirt, and he grabs the mic and he says. Investigate 9 9-11 9-11 was perpetrated by our own government and they quickly ushered off the stage What happens? Okay, two questions a is that guy still alive? B if he if he is still alive, what has happened to him in the last 12 hours? Uh, this is in okay. This is in new case. This is in New Jersey right, right across the Hudson from New York City obviously where that tragedy happened America, and then you're at the biggest event in America. Right, 100 million people saw that. Yeah, and and I'm sure it's on all the news cycles on ESPN and CNN and all that kind of stuff. Damn. Is that guy still alive? One. Yes, he's still alive. B, two, what has happened to him in the last 12 hours? In your best estimation. <laughs> well. As someone who resides in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people take that pretty seriously. You know, uh, he's probably in a, a, a small room. <laughs> Uh, he's probably eaten and drank very little. Right. And um, but generally, I mean, what an idiot! Not the time or the place. Well, I mean, that's where people your people are gonna hear your message. And if you're passionate like this, these guys that get tattoos on their bodies with team logos, this guy's <laughs> passionate in his belief system, and he. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how did he get in the room? Well, I guess to be in that room, you have to be an accredited member of the media, and. Beyond the NFL, that. NFL handed out like seven thousand media credentials, so people were like from all over the place. And now he could just, be like a blogger. Could have been a blogger. Could be whomever. Could work for Time Warner. I don't know. I I don't know the identity of this dude, but what freaking balls this guy has to impressive. It is impressive, and and you're, he's convi- he's convicted in his beliefs. Well, I think that it's kind of it go. It's it's same as the tattoo for this reason. What's the point? <laughs> like, what are they hoping to accomplish? Like, if you get a tattoo of the Seattle Seahawks, what? How do you feel now? Like, you're just vindicated. Like, yeah, I guess. So, I guess he feels vindicated, right? 
he feels like he said what he needed to say. Oh, right. He put the world on alert. Like, I guess that's how he must dig think. Deeper. It's, yeah, I guess. it's completely insane, but I mean, it makes no sense. The tattoo makes no sense. Saying that makes no sense. Are people going to talk about it? Yeah, so he has succeeded in getting people to talk about him and this thing at least for 12 hours until something else happens in the world. Like, we're talking about these people, right? You get a tattoo of a team. You care so badly. You, this guy, for months, planned on getting a media pass and getting on stage. Like, it's such a, like a big care. Or maybe, maybe he just decided in the moment. But yeah, maybe he did, which would be even crazier. Yeah, yeah. But did I, not, it was not a, a well-thought-out plan. But people just care. I don't have a single thing that I would, like, you know. Like, let's put it this way. Take, take Yelp, for example. Okay. Yelp, like, people literally go out and have a meal and then go home, and it could be the best meal of their life or the worst, and they write about it. I like those people, man. I like those people, too. Because I read Yelp. I read that stuff. I use Yelp. I'm saying it's a beautiful system, but I would never write a review. You personally would never. I would never. Someone could literally take a on the table, and I would never <laughs> go home and go, you know, I got to put this on Yelp because that was totally... Yeah, but would, okay, but would you tweet about it? Probably, right? It's just, I might it's just, tweet about it's it. It's just you're not, you're not going to commit 12 minutes to write 500 words, but you commit, you know... 12 seconds to write 140 characters. Sure. I guess what makes me curious and what like sort of like blows my mind. Take like take porn, okay? Okay. Yes. Pe- people have like to take people it. have like insane, I guess fetishes. Yes. Or like things that you you can't even dream up what gets people going. Like I want to be in a bag suffocating, <laughs> breathing out of a straw. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Like that that's kind of like people's thing. Like people have that thing. And so what I'm uh, saying is like I'm always impressed. You're like, how did you get to that preference? You didn't wake up and want that. You went through some things to find your thing. You know what's really interesting? Uh, this month's Esquire has their cover stories about being weird. And it has uh, profiles of a bunch of Hollywood dudes that are weird and has this great essay about like I guess redefining what is normal or should we even use the term normal because because pe- weirdness is cool right and people are, have varying degrees of quote-unquote weirdness which then the weirdness would then become the norm if we're all kind of weird yeah it's just like how do you get to that point that's what I'm I, you know I feel like I'm I'm fairly simple it's, I'm like almost embarrassingly simple. Yeah, me too. I don't, ha- I don't know. My, I don't have my my black bag, or I don't want to get on a stage and yell about 9/11 12 years after the fact. You don't write in a journal. I don't write in a journal. Right. I should though. That seems like it would make me a better person. <laughs> we can at least document your life because I'm sure you've forgotten more than you remembered about your life. Let me ask you this: If people, when you write in a journal, in the back of your mind, you're hoping someone reads it and thinks it's romantic. No one's personally uh, read so. in a journal. I think so. You agree with me, right? I think so. I think they want it to be discovered and they want someone to be like oh my God. amazed yeah. and 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 sort of have a experience like, whoa, like this person is way deeper than I thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. The journal is such a selfish move. Because <laughs> you're hoping is, someone yeah. reads it. And you're hoping someone appreciates it or like or reconsiders what they thought of you and just like, whoa, this is yeah, you write on the front, private, do not read. Like, <laughs> if found, give it back. And then you're just hoping that someone dives into it. Conversation goes all over the place on Way My Guy Mondays. Uh, last thing, how did, you, how did you experience the Super Bowl? Not just watching it, but I suppose being a dude that is involved in, or in social media. I was going to say immersed. I'm not sure if you're immersed in social media. That would have been the... But uh, involved in social media, you're a participant. How did you experience the Super Bowl? Because by all accounts, it wasn't a great game. It was for Seattle fans, but as a game, it wasn't great. 
Yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, it's it's it, the Super Bowl's a crazy thing. You know, it's so hyped. There's so much involved in the people and the and the build up, and it's like the biggest event in the world. You know, and I'm I live in New York, and like the fact that. New York City was like taken over by the Super Bowl and hundreds of millions of dollars are spent on on colored candles and parties and signage and uh and then yeah the game's just kind of flat. So did you did you how much time did you spend on your phone whether it's texting or Twitter or Instagram versus looking up at the screen and watching the game? I watched I watched the first half pretty intensely the second half uh, I mean, it was over by then, but I mean, I'm happy Seattle won. I'm not well, a real. Who are you rooting for? Uh, Seattle, 100. percent Were you actually? 100. percent oh, Okay. I don't like Peyton Manning. I'm I'm not. I don't ride with Peyton Manning. Nah, I, I, I would love to interview Peyton Manning and try to get him to laugh because he's very guarded and he's amazing as a pitchman in commercials. But in interviews, he's quite he's quite boring. Except for that one that Will Ferrell did with him. Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy was pretty good. But uh, I'm a Tom Brady guy, and I feel like. In, in almost every sport, you have to choose your faction. You're either a Tom Brady guy or you're a Peyton Manning guy. Right. You're either a Rafa Nadal guy or a Roger Federer guy. Yep. You're either an Ovechkin guy or a Sidney Crosby guy. You're yep. either a Kobe guy or you're a LeBron guy. Yep. I feel like that is, you know, I don't, I don't know if it extends to soccer, whether you have to be a Messi guy or a Ronaldo guy. I don't know if that exists, but uh, certainly in football, I think you're, you're one of the, you ride with one of those two. Well, I mean, let me ask you this: You're you're a sports guy. You you yeah. think about sports all the time. You you're around it all day. How did how did Denver lose so badly? How does that happen? Def- defense wins championships, man. But this like, is like statistically, Seattle has like mm-hmm. one of the top ten defenses ever. And I know Denver had like the number one offense ever. But just that man, they just put they threw so many. They had so much intense pressure on Peyton Manning. The the pocket was collapsing all the time, and it was amazing. It was like. It was like the Denver Broncos were shook. It's like they weren't me- ready for the moment. Of course, they were emotionally and mentally and physically prepared for the moment, but it just seemed like they weren't because the, uh, Seattle was so overwhelming, so overwhelming, just a swarm of activity. Every time Manning would complete one of his little dump-off passes to Welker or, or uh, Thomas, Julius Thomas or Demarius Thomas, they'd get hit by two or three guys, like boom, immediately. There weren't a lot of long plays for the Denver offense. Zero long plays, I think. There were a couple, but like but it was marginal. It didn't have an effect. But I mean, who beat Seattle this year? People beat Seattle. Uh, San, Francisco. San Francisco beat Seattle. I know the Patriots lost by one in Seattle. I think Arizona beat Seattle. That's right, in Seattle too. Yeah. It, not Low ver- scoring game. Not very many teams beat Seattle. And they just hammer the Broncos. Murdered them. Like it was a it was a murder death kill. Like you 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 at some point <laughs> did you feel like this can't be Peyton, man. Like, who is who's under that helmet? Is I'm, this actually I'm happening? I'm, I'm just saying, how do you lose that battle? You have two weeks to think about this, and you just get shellacked. Oh, and those dudes would be thinking about this for an eternity. Forever. Like, forever. Like, Manning will like, he will probably not sleep a comfortable night, night for the rest of his life because he'll always be reminded that he lost badly, you know, in, uh, in I love the Super it. Bowl. I love that. Did you see anything great on Twitter? Because... Usually during big events, Twitter is more entertaining than the event itself. Who's your top three follows on Twitter? Great question. Um, Man, um, that is a great question. I would say... 
Bruce Arthur because he finds such a wide variety of of material. Okay. I don't know how he mines all that data and information out there, but he's he's great. Like one of every eight tweets from Bruce Arthur would be awesome. Um, there's a kid named Darren Messam who I just started following the last like four months. This dude lives on Twitter. Like he probably has, I don't know what his tweet, tweet count is at, but it's got to be over 100,000. And again, he's an, a dude that has a diverse range of topics and you'll find like cool things. And then um, I'd say either uh, For the Win, uh, which is a blog from USA Today tied with um, uh, Ad Week. Those are those are my top follows because I love I love commercials and I love like I just love videos. I'm a dude that women love pictures, dudes love videos. I'm convinced. What are you? Who are your top three follows? Mm. Uh, the fat Jewish. Oh, the, okay, yeah. He's real funny. Oh, the fat Jew. The fat Jew. Yeah, yeah uh, he's what's great. That, what's that dude's with the big burly guy big with, the, hair. With, yeah, the, with the beard? Yeah, like yeah he's really funny. He's his Instagram's lights out. Yeah, funny. He's really, he does stuff on uh, I think the Crosby Press. He does a lot of interviews with like hip hop dudes. I've seen yeah, some yeah, like yeah. J. Cole and he's very funny. He's very funny. Uh Rob Delaney, but he's a little Rob Delaney, well, he's internet famous. He's internet famous. I don't famous. even know what that guy looks like in real life. Do you? Yeah, he's got a mustache. Oh, he does? Yeah, yeah. Does he look anything like his avatar? Like the or is that just some guy on the beach? I don't know. Isn't it crazy that like there's like I wanna there's like people that are internet famous. And there's so many girls that are Instagram famous. I love that. I follow so many girls that are so talented and so. No, they're not. They no, just no, no. take great photos. Yeah, they squat. Uh, like you, you squat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dude. Can, what is it, Jen Stel St Stelger? Yeah, yeah. What's I met her? her. Not not Jen Sturger. Jen Selter. The Jen one, Selter. Yeah, yeah. The, the ass what? chick. You met her? Yeah. And. Great ass. <laughs> So this girl has like one or two million followers on Twitter or on Instagram. She just works. She got. She probably works out eight times a week. Like and that's just all she has, does. She just works out. Just works out, and she has a dynamite shape. Like her backside is a fourteen out of ten. You know what's crazy is that, and she's twenty or twenty-one. You know what? You know what's really interesting about the the world. So it's like obviously I've been working in in sort of advertising and marketing for a few years, and like we work with PR agencies that. Like, we, we did a campaign, I don't know, we did a campaign for Old Navy through their PR agency, and they insisted on using people who are internet famous hmm. and paying them, like, real money. Oh, wow. They're, like, in, they're considered influencers. And these course, are people I've yeah. never heard of. Wow. You know? And that's, it, that's actually kind of a smart move because they obviously have a lot of influence in the social space, the social conversation. But let me, let me put it in, in perspective. We'll shed a little light on this influencer. So, like, for example, we had to do a, a commercial. We used Nick Cannon. Okay. And uh, what was this guy's name? He's like a blogger. He's internet famous. Oh, what the hell's his name? Whatever. He's just a blogger. Okay. okay? So we, we had to build out the whole campaign, but we tracked the data. So Nick Cannon, okay, they paid him $85,000 to be in this viral video. Okay. That's just on YouTube. Or just, on their their home their web. Are just, you talking about Old Navy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, just on YouTube. Okay, just on YouTube. Just on YouTube. They gave him eighty five thousand dollars to go just do a workout class wearing Old Navy gear, basically. Okay. Now he's got four point four million followers on Twitter. So he says. Or Instagram. So and this is part of his sales page. I got four point four million followers. Blah blah. Now we built out the back end of this campaign. So in reality, okay, this is real talk. Nick Cannon only has thir only thirty percent of those people are real. The rest is a bot. 
You think so? 100%. When we had to build in the back end of his data, so we understood Nick Cannon's following. So at 4.4 million followers, only 30% are real. The rest so is like, just a so bot. So then it's like 1.5 million followers. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. Very Another cool Nick Cannon story, though. So we shot this video with him, and the blogger um, that he was in the video with ended up dying two days later. What? Yeah. So we had to uh, redo the video. And so I, in the course of like a few weeks, I spent significant time with Nick Cannon. And... and uh, He's a pretty cool guy, I gotta be honest. Like he's pretty like chill and like up for whatever. But I asked him, I go, you know, I mean, you're you're married to Mariah Carey. How is that? Like, I mean, who's wearing the pants in that relationship? Well you didn't you but you already know the answer. You just want him to say it. You know the answer. But his answer was priceless because he goes he goes, Our estimated worth is about five hundred and eleven million. He goes, I'm worth about four. <laughs> he goes, Who do you think's wearing the pants? <laughs> And I'm like, that's awesome. That's really funny. It is funny. So, do you ask him if he signed a prenup? I feel like Mariah would make him sign a prenup. If I, you're, if that's your, if that's your wealth, that's wealth. You're not just rich. Do you that's think a, Mariah Carey's overrated? In what way? Like people, like like Eminem would be like Mariah Carey's like like Mariah Carey's like a hot icon. Yeah, she's an icon. She's an icon, but I'm saying that like, what, what, do you think Mariah Carey like as an artist, like her talent, her music, or as like a as a as a hot woman, an attractive woman? Yeah, do you think she's uh, she's overrated as a hot woman? Uh, Mariah's, I think Mariah's peak was like 91 to like 97. Uh, in that, in, like like the Honey video, she was pretty legit. But then she dropped off a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean. Beyonce I would never say it. no to her. Yeah, <laughs> never say no. You but can't. I'm like she's not. In, she's not in my. She's not on my radar. Even in my top fifty or top hundred, she might crack my top one hundred. But that's just me. I'm just one man. I'm just one sober rhino right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think she's a little overrated. You know. Did you ever get to meet her? No, I never got to just, meet her. Just Nick Cannon. Just Nick Cannon. Um, Good dude. I wanted to. I wanted to share a couple of tweets I thought were great from last night. Okay. Uh, and I do want to get to uh, your your experience with Katy Perry, speaking about icons and yes, pop music Yes, I would stuff. love to speak about Katy Perry. Okay, so I, there's um, my, my dude, one of my friends, Sheldon Alexander, I think you met him at our summer party. He had a great tweet. As the game was out of hand, I think it was like 43-8 at this point, maybe it was 36-8 at this point, he's like, I'm about to start texting girls that I know are bored at Super Bowl parties, which I thought was pretty funny. That one had me. Uh, a guy named Rob D. Conway. I don't even know how I found landed on this guy's tweet. It was probably retweeted by someone. Wrote Bruno Mars has been on the field longer than Peyton and has just as many points, which is a great line. <laughs> and then somebody started an account uh, last night called "Has Denver Scored," and I its first that. tweet was no, <laughs> fifty thousand retweets. I love that. That, was, that one had me. I saw that and I started. I laughed out loud. A good hearty six second chuckle. Has Denver are, scored? No. no. And then the next, the next tweet was "Darn it!" When they did, it should have. The next tweet should have been "Yes," <laughs> but it was "Darn it!" And I, I don't know if that, uh, I don't know if that account, I don't know what's gonna happen to that account. But again, but it was funny for the moment. Just like remember Angelina Jolie's leg? One of the award shows she came in. Right. It was like the the slit was like up to her waist, and it had you know several te like. Tens of thousands of followers. More recently, Pharrell at the Grammys. Pharrell's hat. Pharrell's hat had his own account, right? <laughs> yeah, had his own Twitter account, and that was pretty funny. Um, so the Grammys. Where did you watch the Grammys, and how did you experience the Grammys? And this is leading to your experience with Katy Perry. 
I watched the Grammys. I think I watched the Grammys at home. Last Sunday or two Sundays ago. Yeah, two Sundays ago. I think I was just at home. Uh, I was like clicking back and forth between something. Really? I don't know what though. There was something on that I cared about. Hmm. Also, maybe maybe throwing down a little Juan Pablo on The Bachelor or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting involved over there. Uh, uh, now, uh, Katy Perry, you um you you and your company, you guys did a. Uh, I uh, I don't know. It was like a year ago. You were sitting in my. We were hanging out in my crib, and you were you were talking about some of these projects you had coming up, and you told me about this pop chips idea that you guys pitched for Katy Perry, right? And uh, and they bought it. They they went with it. Yeah, yeah. So what was it? So we negotiated a deal where Katy Perry uh, is now an equity holder in Pop Chips, uh, and she has a flavor called Kettle Corn. Katy Perry's kettle corn. Okay. And now there's gonna there's actually gonna be several more uh popcorn inspired uh flavors of pop chips. Flavors of pop chips. Uh because of Katy Perry? Because of Katy Perry and uh they paid her a lot of money. So anyways, to launch the flavor we did a series of events and videos. But yes, I got to hang out with Katy uh uh a couple times. How big's her her like entourage, her crew? Um, well, a little fun fact about Katy Perry. Um, so one of the things we did with her was just like a launch event, like a party. Okay. You know, colored lights and fucking free drinks basically. Okay. So Katy had to show up there and there's a series of like rules about, you know, Katy, but her glam squad, the people who put makeup on her and do her nails or whatever, we, we are $74,000 a day. That's her glamour squad. Are you kidding? That's the that's the rate. That's, that's the rate the... just to get her there and looking uh, approachable. So whoa, right? Almost a hundred G's for her makeup team, and it's just her friends. You know, just be like, if I somehow got to be that famous, I'd be like, no, no, Cabby does my nails. Like he needs <laughs> he needs six grand a day. Like that's just he just needs to be there. Um, so <laughs> you know that I thought that was really interesting. I I'm. I mean, you have experience with with famous people or people that are, you know, I guess rich. And and one thing that I I always wonder is that, like, when I met Katie, she was actually pretty cool and, like, very friendly and approachable. But her, like, everything around her is very difficult. So I always wonder, like, when you're a mega celebrity, are you, do you have any concept of how big of, like, assholes people are being around you yeah i don't know like I, your protection I've, yeah i've heard the bigger the star the nastier their reps are the, or the nastier their pr the, yeah that's my experience are. but i wonder if she knows that probably like, not she's probably so insulated that you, you can't have any form of reality you know justin bieber has no form of no sense of the reality he lives in a bubble these these stars live in bubbles yeah you think lady gaga has any concept of like what's real no, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Like they're, they're probably just sitting at home and like they think that everything's like cool. And then someone yeah. just calls them and is like, "Hey, Pop Chips is giving you three million dollars. You just have to come to this party real quick. We set it all up." Yeah. And she's like, just like, "Cool. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, pick me up. We'll yeah. go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I. So this girl that I know in Toronto, Ellie Christina, um, you can follow her or whatever. She has a. She told me she she. Uh, this is her story, and this is how girls tell a story. She said she was at music. Okay. A couple weeks ago. Music music is a nightclub here a in night, Toronto. A nightclub. And a couple people approached her and said, hey, Justin Bieber's having an after party, uh, and he'd like you to come. Okay? To her and her friends. So they went. Now, he, so 
whatever. However that happens, that's a whole other thing. Okay. And I'm always like, if you had to pick your crew, like say you were super famous, would you use your boys to go, like, how would you pick the guys that go wrangle talent? Oh, right. Well, you have to have some wolves in your in, on your team. Right. Anyway, so this is her story. He apparently he had rented the whole the the a whole floor of uh, what's that really not, the Royal York, okay? Just I guess so no one bugs him. Apparently this is just as Justin Bieber's swagger. They're all in a room. She was sitting at a table. This is again her story. He came up to her and said, "Hey, can you stand up for a second?" Sat in her seat and then goes, "Okay, now you can sit back down." Oh, so she sat in his lap. Sat in his lap. Okay. Okay. Then, okay, this is again her story. Okay. She, he said, come to another room. I want, I want to play you a track, that, that, an unreleased track, which is a little, I don't know how I feel about that move. <laughs> but okay. I'm, okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then she said they made out and then she didn't feel comfortable. So she left. Which what? is obviously a lie. That 100% is a lie. That, you've, like, al- you've, al- you've already committed in your mind, like, I hope I get to sleep with Justin Bieber. Right. That's why I'm going to this after party. It's not for your girls. It's, not, it's for you to try to get with Justin Bieber, who's the biggest pop star on the planet right now. Aren't you impressed? Like, I know Bieber's in all this trouble now. It's impressive. Like, how angry do you think his team is, the people around him? Because they're going, we had such a good thing. Oh, they're not angry. They're still getting paid. Yeah, but it's they're like, still drinking out of the royal. They're, everyone's still cup. getting paid, but like Justin Bieber could have been a spokesman for any brand. That's what made him so appealable. He could have been Coke. He could have been McDonald's. He could have been. Yeah. He was a, a young boy that everyone loved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now he's like a, a fake gangster. <laughs> <laughs> like his value has gone down. He's uh, what's that Jamie Kennedy movie? Malibu's most. He's Malibu's yeah. most wanted. He's Malibu's most wanted. Exactly. <laughs> he's getting deported. Like isn't that Obama has to talk about this? That's that's insane. But. His his crash is, I, I don't know if it started or if it's we're in the middle of his crash, but whatever it happens, it's going to be meteoric. I, and I feel bad for the dude because, you know, the world will build you up and they can't wait to tear you down. Right. And granted, some of it is his own doing. However, it's impossible to remain humble, 19 years old, and have hundred million dollars liquid. Yeah, liquid like accessible in your checking account. You just got to throw your R- RBC card in the machine. Right. and Well, you can only pull out five grand at a time, but how you can order cash to be delivered to you anywhere in the world. Right. Anyways, back to Katy Perry. So so what was the event that you guys did? You guys did a party. We, did, we launched the, the, her flavor. And she showed up when she was pleasant. We or, paid or, We paid her Glamour Squad, uh, you know, sixty-three or $74,000. I read about them, and in, in, sorry to cut you off, in this month's GQ, Amy Wallace, who's a great writer, did a profile on Katy Perry and describes her Glam Squad. A lot of people... A lot working. of people. There's like a lot she, of people. And even Katy, Katy Perry says it takes a village to, <sighs> to, to make, make, the, make yeah, this happen yeah. or whatever the line she, uh She's got like four managers, all of them. It's That's so much It's like so. Wow. It's so, it's so controlled. It's, like impre- it's a machine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a whole business. Like these people are enterprises and, and people protect them. Um, her back, like, so obviously part of this launch event was, you know, f- recording or, or filming it. I guess, or making a sizzle of the fact that Katie was there. Very specific rules about how she can be filmed. She can't be filmed from behind because she has some moles on her back that she, uh, I guess, doesn't really? like. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She's a li- like a little milky, I would say. So, like, does that mean pasty? Yeah, like a little pasty. Okay. Like a little, like if she was at a club and wasn't Katy Perry, 
You'd you be like, you'd be like, oh, that chick's cute. You'd be like, yeah, that chick's cute. Yeah, that's a big lady. Big, not, not a big lady, but you know, like she has, a, some, she has some curves. Yeah, yeah, she's oh, curvy. I'm, I'm all about that. Um, and that was it. I mean, other than that, it went pretty well. I think the, the chips, the chips, doing fairly well. I mean, I, n- not much else to say. She, you know, just super controlled. Sixty minutes, they control the minutes and how, and she's she's <laughs> the up clock and gone. starts as soon as her foot hits the concrete out of the car. Yes, a hundred percent, that's true. <laughs> and she makes a lot of money from pop chips, and uh, I encourage everyone to buy kettle corn. And I encourage everyone to follow Evan Starkman on Twitter. That's the Evan Starkman, and on Instagram, he's got a bunch of. Do you still have the pictures of your dog on there? Your dog is a like, lot of dog. I, let me ask you this because we're talking about social media all day, and it's like I'm bad at it. I feel a tremendous amount of pressure and guilt about social media. Why? What do you mean guilt? Because, like, I know how to be good at social media. Yeah. So like, just, like, tweet good. a lot and retweet a lot. Because it's, like, uh, this is this is how I feel. I I don't want... Because I have followers, but, like, I don't know any of them. Yeah. You know, it's not like my friends. So I'm not interacting with real people. I'm interacting with strangers. So that's how I'm prefacing how I look at my Instagram and my Twitter. I don't want to put up pictures of like my food or the fact that I'm at the gym because then you're just like, who cares that I'm eating a meal? Like yeah. no one should care about that. And then I'm like, well, then I will try and be funny, but I'm, it's a lot of pressure to be funny. It on. is. You're right. You're right. So it's like really tough. And then I'm just like, I'm not going to live tweet my day. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. And so I just end up doing nothing for like weeks on end because I get totally bogged down by the, you know. But then you, you don't have, to, well, don't. Sorry, take some of the pressure off of you trying to be funny and just, I don't know, just be, I don't want to say the cliche, be yourself, but you're a funny guy naturally. You have a great charisma, but then just give people what you think they want from you. Yeah, that's totally weird. Do you don't think that's weird? No, because I'm, I work in sports, so I, like, I... I tweet out, like... Sports stuff. Sports stuff, like commercials with athletes or one or two a commentary about a game or give somebody props for for a great performance and then just have like weird stuff like i'm that guy who, who instagrams food pics because like, i fat guys love food so i, I love to show food because food is delicious yeah, but you eat why, well your food uh, pics are always good well thank you i try i try you know it's all about the low angles and getting it close to the food <laughs> yeah but um uh so that's i think that's what the audience wants for me i think and then there are times i try to be funny it doesn't work and then i also i tweet out like my segments and stuff and people, some people respond to it. Some people are like, oh, this sucks. That happens. Yeah. Twitter is a weird place, man. It is. It's this just is, people are just mean all the time. It is, it's the meanest place in the world, and it's not a real place. Right. It's not <laughs> actually real. It's just, a, it's just a place where people exchange. Are mean to each other. Yeah, they, they are. <clears throat> just they yell are. at people. <laughs> what, can um, you remember life without social media? No. Neither can I. Isn't that weird? Uh, kind of. Well, then I take it back to like 98. Where I was like, I would go to HMV and buy CDs, and I would send emails from my my university account, C three richr at Ryerson Sick. Yeah, and uh, that CD club. What was that CD club that like still bills me? Oh, like Columbia nine, House. Yeah. Columbia House can still be a, <laughs> still around. No, <laughs> they're still billing me. I still get like no weird way. mail about it. No like, way. Card declined. Um, I just remember I used to I was big on uh, handwriting letters. Nice and. Re- Handwritten letter, that's a lost art. I encourage everyone listening to this today to write somebody a handwritten letter and mail it to them. It would be unexpected, but it will 1 million percent make their day. And Evan Starkman, expect one from (laughs) me or Justin Mulligan. Oh, love Molly. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming in, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.